What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lennon Burton. Lennon, how are you doing this week? Doing great, man. I'm excited for this episode. Like, me and you have been talking a lot off air about how this is going to be a great episode for the fans, and there's a lot to discuss when it comes to movies. I'm excited about what we have to review. We have Mayor of Easttown. We're going to do non-spoiler and spoiler. And then Loki, episode one, to everyone who has stuck with us in Bros Who Binge, y'all know that we try to give you reviews as fast as we can. Some, with Captain America, because uh, I'm not calling it Falcon, Captain America and the Winter Soldier, like, we were behind, but y'all stuck with us. With Loki, we're part of the first up, so y'all don't have to worry or listen to other people's reviews. We got y'all. The episode literally dropped Wednesdays. People reviews are either dropping tomorrow or the day after. We got y'all. So I'm excited, Schubert. We got Loki. We got Mayor of Easttown. And a bunch of great stories. A ton of little small stories that popped up. It was a geeked week for Mm -hmm. Netflix. There's still going to be stories going on the next few days. But all the big shit already happened anyway. Yeah, all the main stuff pretty much already happened. Oh, Uh, real quick. Also, if you are listening to this now, there's a Run It Back episode out that's really great. Batman the Animated Series Run It Back. Check that out. Just had to plug our shit. Definitely. Definitely. That was a fun episode to do. Mm -hmm. Um. There is a little bit of Batman in today's stories, but we you know we got a lot of stuff that we're definitely going to dive into. Um, I'll talk about what I'm watching more so when we get a to movie on the rise, on the rise okay. just because there's not too much stuff going on. Might as well just use that as the time to talk about that. And the only thing I could really say is that um, my girlfriend and I are doing Downton Abbey. She's I already know seen you, it. I want to know your thoughts on that when we get to movie on the rise, because that's something. That, you know, uh, because we're big fans of Josh McCuga back when TV talk was a thing, him, David Griffin, Sinead DeVries, that was one of their, that was their show was Downton Abbey. I mean, I can understand why. I mean, I definitely, when the show came out uh, around 2010-ish, I was in high school, so I didn't really give two shits about British television, British television (laughs) like this. The only Um, British show I love is Luther. Like that, I love. Oh well, gangs and gangs of new Lo- gangs of London is a British show, but in terms of like mainstream British television, like Doctor Who, The Crown, I don't really watch that. Skins. Oh, Skins. Yeah, you're right. That is uh, that is the one. You're right. So. Um. Yeah, but uh, we can talk about it later. But yep. yeah, there's definitely a lot of really fun stuff to talk about, and um, some really good. Yeah, with with Mayor of Easttown, it's just like we should have been on that week to week. Cause it would have been some really interesting conversations. Cause you know, the conversation that you had with me a few days ago about like where you were on episode five and to where it gets to at the end. And, you know, it's just like, we would have had so many different speculations every week and we would have been wrong. Yeah. Look, <laughs> I'm excited to talk about that. We did your honor, but we missed Mayor Easttown. We didn't do the undoing at all. It, I'm going to make sure that next time there's a, a mini series like this, we're on top of it. Cause that's what I applauded us about. Like usually we're on top of these things. Like we were on Tiger King before Tiger King. We were on um, fucking your honor when people weren't really on your honor. I'm sad we messed up on Mary Easttown, but shout out to Kate Winslet. I'm going to give you so much props when we talk about this show. I think I had you number five. On my actress list, you could be higher after watching Mayor of Easttown. Like, that was a tour de force in acting. Just like I said, Regina King would win Emmys. Kate Winslet's about to win some Emmys. She's definitely going to be in the running. There's, uh, you know, it was definitely the big series of the year so far. 
Um, and I actually, I did end up finishing what we talked about weeks back, Panic. Oh, okay. let me talk about it last I'm, week. <laughs> um, weeks back. I thought it was a couple weeks back. But <laughs> no. Was I finished it good? Panic. It was good. Because we uh, hated on episode episodes. one. Yeah, it was, uh, to me, it didn't really get good until episode four, because then it started, you could start to see the inklings of like, some of the players um, who are could be the judges, like it, it ended pretty well, and okay. it is kind of, and it's not a season two kind of deal. Like I think that they leave it open ended to maybe explore that. But Can they do not, the game again? Or is that that's a what I'm big saying? Like, the, mm. like there's definitely possibilities that they could uh, do a second season, but it it does wrap up nicely enough to be a one season deal. Could they take the game to another city, or is that not possible? No, because it is very true to carp, but not not as many people get to leave as you might expect. So mm, okay, okay, just gotta check, you know, see the see the status of how people are feeling. But Schubert, if you're ready, man, we got a lot to discuss, and I, I know our just from seeing certain stories are gonna bring me bringing up rumors. There's a lot of things going on that I think is worth talking. So whenever you're ready, brother, let's fire this up because I'm excited to do this episode. Yeah, I'm ready, man. Let's get into it. So uh, first up, we're going to go through a couple of short things. Um, Jensen Ackles suits, suits up as Soldier Boy. We can see the first Real quick, photos. Pretty cool. Is it not weird calling him Soldier Boy, being that we're from the generation of Soldier Boy, a.k.a. Crank, that Soldier Boy, a.k.a. Well, it's Big hard. Draco? <laughs> and he tweeted, to... he was like, y'all took my whole fucking flow. He did it again. He tweeted. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you yeah, know I mean, he would. It is hard for me to, like, not say soldier boy, because, like, <laughs> it, it, it's, you got to put that hard R in there for soldier boy. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But he, look, he looks great. Like, I think he has a better U.S. agent costume than U.S. agent, funny enough. Like, he looks very U.S. agent-y, and I really like it. I wonder if he's going to have a mask, or is it going to be no mask, or is that thing on his neck he can pull up to be, like, a face cover, almost like a... Like in the like, boys' universe, I almost don't feel like it's necessary to have a mask. So, true. like for him, true. he's just like. But go the as thing is. is, he's from the fifties. He's from the uh, he's from a long time ago with the Nazis. So I could see him having a mask, like more Winter Soldier e. Because you know how he, he has that little flap right here. I would yeah. love if you could pull that up. But if he doesn't, whatever. I'm excited. Jensen Ackles has been a favorite of the nerd community for a while. I didn't watch Supernatural, but I loved his voice acting in Batman Under the Red Hood. So I'm excited to finally get to know Jensen Ackles as an actor, not as just Red Hood's voice. Yeah, um, I never got into the Supernatural thing. Not necessarily that I don't think I would enjoy it. It is just, it a, just lot. a lot. Yeah. It's just, and it's just a lot to try. It's an undertaking to try and get into. It's like if you weren't watching it when admit. it was going on, like, I don't know how you sh- there's 11 seasons. Like, it's so much television. And it's not like it's always sunny where it's 10 episodes a season. It's no, like there's 20. like 25. Like, I can't it's, do that. That's like madness. Arrow. Yeah. Can't it's do it, but I love Stephen Amell. Stephen Amell said Jensen Ackles is one of his favorite actors, and they seem very similar to me. Uh, I'm telling you now, Schubert, we're going to be reviewing Stephen Amell's new show, Heels. Like, that's one of the ones I'm looking forward to, but looking good, Jensen Ackles is Soldier Boy. I'm excited for this. Yeah, I think um, it's 
good that they're showing us a little bit of the boys season three. You know, Isn't it nuts that the boys just finished filming and we're already getting shots of the show. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Wow. So you're telling me shows can, can do pictures while they're still in the editing process. Wow. We can get looks. Wow. I wonder if we're going to get that from other shows. We're going to talk about later. And this is why Amazon is the fucking best. This is why the boys are the best. I love what they do. Best superhero show out right now. I applaud Amazon. I applaud Seth Rogen. They say, we know we have a hit. We're going to show you we have a hit and we're going to get you excited. This is how you build hype. Not like other streaming services that I know of. And I'm not talking about HBO Max because y'all up there too. We talking about somebody else, but I'll save that. Yeah, then definitely the hype is building around the boys season three. But uh, for me personally, I'm getting pretty hyped for this Jurassic World Dominion, seeing the uh, the first look of the finally getting feather raptors. That's one thing that a lot of the a lot of the community is pretty hyped about. But mm-hmm. you know, seeing just seeing the names on the on the uh, poster for Jurassic World Dominion, pretty cool because you it really is kind of the culmination movie. Everything, um, you know, yeah, because you get your Laura Dern, you get Sam Neill, uh, BD Wong, um, but then you get like the newer age group, uh, Chris Pratt and mm. Bryce Dallas Howard and Justice Smith. So, you it's building, uh, meshing the old and the new. I didn't hate the last Jurassic World. Chris I thought- Pratt's name's pretty low. I'm shocked. Like, is he not the main person? Or is the main so. person this Mamadou Athi person? Um, it might be it might be that way because like because that's the first name, then Laura Dern, then Jeff Goldblum, Scott Hayes, Bryce Dallas Howard. Like Chris Pratt's pretty low. Yeah, I was wasn't looking at that one. I was more so looking at the uh, oh yeah, you're talking about I'm talking about the poster, right? Yeah, the one with is yeah, he's on the second row. But I mean he's on the yeah. second row, but like on the right side. So I don't know how to really He's on the left. Wait, you talking about this poster right here? Yeah, he's on the left side. Yeah. I like I like the poster with the amber and all that. You know, this is going to be the first time we really kind of mesh Jurassic Park with the real world. Mm. Um, We've seen that in that teaser that they posted about a a year ago. Um, So that that's something that got me really excited. And was this mosquito take biting on the, the 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 dinosaur? It's a take on how they got to Jurassic Park in the first place with the mosquitoes mm. and the blood and the amber and all that. Gotcha. It's just kind of bringing it all back together. Um, but it should be, we'll see how it goes. Um, at least Colin Trevorrow got to complete a trilogy the right way. Instead <laughs> of, uh, jumping in at the end for Star Wars. So um, this is, it, you know, a lot of people have a lot to say about the Jurassic World's I, I'm not the know, biggest thought, Jurassic Park guy, man. I need to. That's the one franchise that's like super huge that I'm really not invested in. Like, well, it's it's hard because like, you know, for me, I love the first one. See, we were talking love, about that on Run It Back about how you, love how you love Jurassic Park. The third one, which is a hot take. Not a lot of people like the third one. I love the third one. Do, they, really do like people Lost like World. the second one? Uh Yes and no. I mean, that's why a lot of people are like so iffy on the Jurassic Park as a franchise because like Jurassic Park one is just like a banger, near perfect Great. movie. Got you. Um, but everything else is kind of uh, does Spielberg wavers. do the others besides one? 
He only does one the and first two. One. Okay, one and two. Got you. All right, well, I'm going to have to get ready for this by watching the Jurassic Park films and, you know, might pop up on Run It Back. But the poster, like you said, a lot of good names on there. Uh, yeah, it's like I said, melding the two worlds. Mm-hmm. Uh, next in the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse universe, Issa Rae is going to join in to play Spider-Man. Dope. So, I just started good. Insecure today, finally. <laughs> like, getting oh, yeah. ready for the... Yeah, me and my girl... Because I, I was like... Curse, how have you never watched this? And she was like, I don't know. And we started watching you would you and your girlfriend should watch it. It's it's literally girls, uh, it's girls meets Atlanta for like just more down to HBO Max television. Right? Yeah, you would love it. You'd love it. Yeah, it's, the HBO Max thing that I've been randomly watching now is high maintenance. I don't know if you ever heard. I have, I have. I need I need to. There's a lot of shows on HBO Max that's in that insecure high maintenance vein that I need to watch. And I'm I'm about to watch Veep. It's coming. Don't oh, worry. Yeah. It is coming. Veep's an undertaking. Exactly. But dope for Issa Rae. Love to see her get bigger roles. And I'm as yeah, much as like a big role. As much as like people are excited for Spider-Man No Way Home, I'm more excited to see what the Spider-Verse is going to do in terms of the Sony stuff. Like, I don't care about Venom. Don't really care. As much as we love our guy, ATJ, Aaron Taylor Johnson, don't really care about Craven the Hunter until he fights Tom Holland. But I'm all into the Into the Spider-Verse world. It's, it's going to be hard to um, be the sequel to Into the Spider-Verse especially with all the success that it had and how great it was as a Spider-Man iteration. Um, it's just like, who do you pull from? Like, that's the one thing that's been bugging me about into the Spider-Verse is they're like, well, who, who what spider people are we going to get in this what, one? You I'm should be, like, we're going to get the, we're going to get the Latino Spider-Man for the first time. The Batman beyond Spider-Man night, 20, uh, 2099, the future. one. Yeah. I just worry that like, it's going to be just a collection of different spider people mm. and like not going to be a very cohesive plot. And not a so I, See you. That's your favorite Spider-Man movie, but you have issues with the second. You're not ready. Like you're not hyped for the second one. That's crazy. It's because it's just very difficult to uh, for lightning to strike twice. Does it have uh, to? You wait because you froze for a little bit. Yeah. Does it have to be as good as the first one? Like to me, it's a success. If it's just a like the first one's a like a nine out of ten, ten out of ten. Yeah. If this movie's an eight out of ten, I don't think it's a loss. Um, no, probably not. But it's just like because Return of the Jedi, people say, is not as good as the first two, but you love it. No, I don't like. You Return don't love Return? Jedi. Oh well, okay, perfect, perfect example. New Hope, Empire Strikes Back's great. Just because Return of the Jedi is not not the best of films doesn't take away from the legacy of Star Wars. Or make like take away from anything bef- uh, otherwise. It's just a okay movie that continues on. Well, it just depends on like what the plan is for the Spider Verse world. Is this just a sequel or is this like a, part two, the beginning of more? Yeah, true. Know. That's a good point. So, we'll see how that goes, but it's good that Easter Ray is joining, and I think Spider Woman definitely would be a, a welcome addition into that group. True. With the Sp- and know. she's one of the older people in the group. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, an actual adult. Yeah, along with Peter Parker and yeah, true, uh, Spider Noir. But I don't think Spider Noir is going to be in this one. Yeah, probably not. I think it's, pro- it's Pe- probably going to be a new group. Like, I don't even know if Peter's in this one. 
He probably will. I think they'll probably bring back the pig just because like he yeah. got spider such, pigs like, coming. Spider pigs coming back. Spider Gwen, Miles Morales, and I. I maybe maybe uh Peter Parker. But I know we're getting Miguel Hare, Spider Man twenty ninety nine. We're getting Spider Woman. So I'm interested to see. We might get clone. We might get the clone. Uh, Ben Ben Riley. Mm, I can see he's getting so. Ben Riley. So I don't but, know. You know whatever. But from one multiverse to another. Yeah, so speaking of that, The Flash uh, director Andy Machete put out a teaser picture of Michael Keaton's Batman costume with a little bit of blood on it. Getting yeah, a little I bloody did it. For, for this uh, iteration. I know, did good it. For, good for Michael Keaton to get into this. And Only know, thing maybe... I'm excited for is that Michael Keaton is Batman again, and the fact is we're going to get Batman Beyond from this. Like, I truly believe this. Now, I got some rumors for you. Rumor is that so Robert Pattinson loves being Batman. It's rumored that this Flash movie is going to make him the Batman, like we said. But the thing is, because of the Snyderverse being so successful, if Ben Affleck wants to do it, that we'd have Robert Pattinson as Earth 2 and then give Ben Affleck a series or something to appease the fans and let him be do that he wants that and that's what the uh, that's also what the rumor said if ben affleck doesn't want it then it's robert pattinson's and the ending will show us robert pattinson's earth joining which i'm so excited for we've been we've been predicting that on this show forever championing it i know i've seen things like john campy is saying that's not going to happen i've seen other people saying that's not going to happen but i believe daniel i believed in our theory creation daniel rpk kind of suggested it as well so i was like I, i'm running with it and i hope we're proven right schubert because like it makes no sense for them not to do that no yeah they would need to find a way to combine it especially if we're gonna be running with the uh, the reeves batman universe for a while and they're so. saying they say they love the reeves batman universe also little rumor action as well that barbara gordon gets mentioned so that bad girl movie more than likely will take place in the reeves universe also, it said that the Reeves universe, funny enough, on Run It Back, we talked about Batman's mental health a lot and how they show that in Mask of the Phantasm. Reeves' Batman is very similar to Mask of the Phantasm. Very, very similar in the sense of how the Batman acts, how Bruce Wayne acts. Uh, the villain isn't Mask of the Phantasm, obviously, but that's what we can expect. And apparently, the movie's really fucking good. Well, that's definitely really nice to hear. We definitely want that to to be a good one. Um, yep. But in terms but yeah, of Keaton, th- this is cool. Batman Beyond, yeah, I think it's baby. really cool. Like the, I'm really excited for this Flash movie. The only thing I'm not excited about the Flash it's movie Ezra. is Ezra Miller, and, <laughs> and that it's and that it's Barry Allen. I wish we could get Wally West. Like we talked about this in the running back as well. We come from the John Stewart Wally West era, and like. If you're going to like Barry was done on the CW, whether you like it or you don't, it's an accomplishment. And I just feel like to differentiate themselves, we should have got a different actor and we should have got Wally West. But I'm excited for what Andy Machete is going to do. Like, we can't forget Supergirl's in this movie. Yeah, Supergirl is in this movie. (laughs) Like, that's nuts. So many different people in this in this thing. It's going to be a cluster in a good way. If this movie's successful, DC's up and running. Like they need this movie to be successful. So hopefully it is. The other thing we we didn't mention in World of DC, Blue Beetle is going to be on HBO Max mm-hmm. solely. Yep. I was we expected that. Um and I have a I have a hot take. If it's good, no. 
I think if Titans is good, Blue Beetle might connect to that. Maybe. Yeah, we'll see. It, Titans got to be good first. Uh, Titans has to be thing. good. This season is this this upcoming season. We still don't have a trailer for it. It's about to drop, which worries the shit out of me. And uh, then the other thing, it was a teaser, but not really. But the Shazam. Shazam yeah. Uh, but Set Seth Leaks did leak of his costume and people are like, they like this more. And I was like, maybe I need to see the cape with it first because it has more of the Man of Steel type like style of of costume leather. Like I preferred, I like the first movie's costume. I like the first one. People yeah. said they didn't like the pads, but I thought it looked very realistic. Just Shazam. It looked like his comic character. Exactly. Too. So like, I don't know how I feel about this new suit, but again, I need to see it with the hood before I make that determination. Yeah, so I mean, I I believe Flash comes before that. Yes, it goes it goes Suicide Squad, Batman, Flash, Flash oh. Su- Batman, Flash, Shaz- Shazam, Shazam, Black Adam, Black Adam. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, and then the last bit of news that I have on the front half. Only because it's only interesting because of the character that gets announced. But Batwoman mm-hmm. reveals its first look at a uh, uh, Cameras Johnson playing Batwing. I feel so bad because I love Batwing, but I just hate the CW and I'm not watching it. His ma- the suit looks cool. The mask looks like he's the Predator, which I do not like because Batwing's mask looks a lot cooler than that. But good for Cameras Johnson becoming Batwing. I just wish this was on a show that I cared about. Yeah, it's, it's it's the facts, but it's cool that we're going to see some iterations. That it's, like, it's the same deal with getting Impulse on the Flash. Yeah. Because it's not like, it's not something that like you think you're ever going to see on. That's why it's cool. It shows me that DC is cool. willing to tap into their roster. So maybe in this Bat universe that Matt Reeves is doing, maybe we do get a Tim Drake. Because why wh- Tim Drake could have been in Batwoman. There's characters that Batwoman are choosing, so that tells me other characters are open. So hopefully when they build out the movie Batverse, we can see a proper iteration of Cassandra Kane. We can see a proper iteration of Tim Drake. I don't want Damian Wayne, but Dick Grayson. Like, there's, there's even, uh, you could do... Uh, I, I know you might not know who this is, but Duke Thomas, I would love to see him as Signal, who is uh, uh, another bat ally who's an African-American. So the fact that they're you know, doing Stephanie these Brown, other characters. I think is someone that we'd really like to see at some point, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, But this is dope. Good for them. But like I said, I wish it was on a show that I cared about. Let's get into your little discussion topic that you were kind of heated on Twitter today. I thought yeah. that would be worth talking about. So, okay, so uh, it was trending on Twitter about Magneto today. And some people were like, they should make him African-American. Some people were like, no, that defeats the purpose, Uh, blah, blah, blah. Of course, you had the the racist people who were like, they're just trying to uh, take away all the white characters. And then there were people that were like, uh, but the Jewish thing matters. And to me, this is how I feel. I 100% agree that if Magneto was a Holocaust survivor, that would be great. But the fact is, the MCU is in the year 2025. Magneto cannot be a Holocaust survivor. It would not make sense at all. So to me, this is what this is what uh, a Holocaust survivor Schubert. If he was, you got to think Magneto's well, thing is that he was Bucky in the Barnes. Holocaust. Bucky Barnes was frozen. The, like he was, he, he was kept in a vet. Who says that he can't be frozen? <laughs> oh my gosh. And that, got, is got, Charles frozen too? Here, here. Like so, Charles so, has to be frozen too. Like you have to do them both. This is the only it, thing that I'm saying, and I'll let you go. 
I think that it to me, the thing that matters about Magneto is that he has trauma, that there's real trauma. And the thing that makes him him is that the fact that the traumatic experiences deters his view on humanity and he and thus humanity betrayed his family, betrayed his race of people. And thus he hates humanity, building upon the fact that he's a mutant. I think and this is not to denigrate from what they created. This is not to say what they created is just easily switchable. But I think to make it work to today, you take any genocidal event of any race, doesn't matter the race. I have you I have a list. You could take any genocidal event and make him a survivor of it, thus making him Magneto proper. It could be an Arabic person. It could be an Asian person. It could be a black person. It could be a Latino person. It does not matter which race it is as long as there's been a genocidal event to the group of people that he lives in. And it could be a fictional genocidal event too. because True, 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 true. Um, but so I was go, deep, deep diving in a Reddit thread, and this is one that I have for you um, when it comes to keeping the Nazi ties. Uh, it can be a very simple explanation that was given that he was given experimental super soldier serum as a trial run before Red Skull took his. It's just that his X genes caused a different reaction, and instead of dying like dozens of experiments on the Jews beforehand, he survived, and that led Red Skull to think that his formula was a winner when it clearly deformed him. Then you could also have cryogenics, like how Bucky was kept alive. Perhaps Hydra wanted to keep Eric around for future experimentation, but his capsule was hidden, um, maybe in Sokovia, where his DNA was used for experimentation on a certain pair of twins that we've heard of. Um, now, can I ask you a question about uh, that? Because I do like both of those, but my question is with that, what do you do with Charles? Because Charles yeah. is his contemporary. Charles has to like for for the Charles to get the 100 percent best results from Charles and Magneto. They have to be not only the same age, but they have to be friends and people who experience the same life things. The issue there is like you have to how are we going to explain Charles and his life experience at that point, too? Because, I mean, it's just it, the X-Men thing is just going to be very hard because it because they didn't start with it. You're going to yeah. have to shoe on it in and make it make sense. And we're in the year 2025. Like, that's the only thing. So, wait, did you have events that could work? Or, oh, okay, cool. Let's go through it. Let's get it. Uh, Cambonian Genocide, 1975. Ooh, perfect um, so timing. That was one of, that was the third largest genocide ever. Mm. Um, it killed many of, many non-true Cambodians. I think an Asian, in, uh, Asian Magneto would be great. Like, would be great. Um, the Anfal genocide that took place in Iraq in the 1980s. I, and you want to know something crazy? I think a Middle Eastern Magneto would be very powerful at this time. I think it could work. Uh, you also could get an African uh, Magneto with the Somalia genocide of 1988 or the, mm -hmm. Rwanda, the Rwanda genocide. That's what of I thought of. I thought of Rwanda. That's exactly what I thought of. Um, and then there's also a, a European genocide, the Bosnia genocide in 1992 that you can mm -hmm. also pull from. Bosnia but those are, with... those are the main ones. And, and it, into the, to the African-American point, you could make Magneto's family from slaves. That does work as well. But out of the ones you named, I really love and I'm not saying I love the genocide. I love the story behind it. Making Magneto Arabic, make, making Magneto uh, Cambodian. Asian. 
I think yeah. both of those work really, really well. And it doesn't. And then Charles, you could just keep as a white guy who's a who's a person. You can make Charles one of those people that Ian was a Peace Corps person going over to help at the time of that. And that's how him and Magneto meet. And boom. Uh, the other things I was going to mention is that um, there is ties of Charles being in the Korean War. So you could make the Korean War be a, a, a factor for Eric. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in that case, we could also consider Vietnam as a catalyst yep. or the so or the Soviets. And they've had lots of different genocides throughout their history. Make Magneto Russian. Or I maybe think, the or maybe 1986 Chernobyl. I think if I look, if you want to know the most powerful things, I think in terms of text, subtext, and starting conversations, I think Arabic, Russian, or African American are written. And I'll put African-American slash because there's been genocides in Latin America and more specifically South America with Venezuela and those types of situations. You could do that as well. I think any of those four that I just named work really, really well. Yeah, But but I do love the Cambodia thing that you mentioned, too. Yeah, I'm definitely leaning towards the Cambodia or the Iraq genocide, mainly because there's not a lot of other characters represented in those cultures. We do have Shang-Chi and Wong. But like those, that really kind of stays true to like some Asian roots where this would kind it's of more really and those are fantasy characters too. Those aren't yeah. real. Like this is this is based on real stuff. So I agree with you. Both of those would be great. And like I said, the Arabic one, like the, yeah, the, the only right, person like, we have is uh, Miss Marvel, right? Yep, so. yep. And I and I think just based upon what's going on in the world, the way that we've treated that part of the world for a lot of years, it would be very powerful and it would make sense but why but that Magneto would hate villainizing people. them. But is Magneto villain. a villain though? Like he's an anti-hero. Exactly. And based upon what he says, like y'all have villainized my people, thus I'm doing that. It would maybe make us understand that more so anyway, because let's not forget that Magneto and Charles Xavier at their core are Malcolm X and uh, Professor and um, Martin Luther King. Another reason why they could be African-American as well. I wouldn't mind seeing Charles being African-American. Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> like, I would, like, I don't think they both have to be. Like, that's the thing. Like, you could make one of them Russian and make the other one an African-American. Like, or like you said, make one of them Cambodian. Like, it it does not matter what these, these the two only particular thing, The only thing that is important are. is that Eric does have to face some kind of horrible situation, deep, dark, yeah. horrible situation. And I think more so than being Jewish, more so than that, what makes Magneto Magneto is what we just said. The fact that Eric has to go through the worst that humanity all has to offer. Facts. So, um, but yeah, that's I'm glad we had that conversation. Cause like that was, that was something that I don't want to say I was heated about, but like I just saw so many just different people, whether it was white, I've seen, I saw black people saying they would be upset if he was black. Like I saw so many different things by that. Like black people were like, why don't you just make black characters that we have? And I do agree with them that we should make more of the black characters that we have, but just because we're changing a race of something does not mean that that's wrong and doesn't mean that they don't care about the black characters on the black side and to white people. That doesn't mean we're trying to take away your characters at all either. Well, yeah, I think what it comes down to here is what's going to make the most sense for the story because and that's like the you, only it, reason it really, why I it said really does make it difficult for us to be in 2025, like you're saying, and have a Holocaust survivor. Because like the at only this point, they'd be almost 100 it. years old. Like, I, like be I said, 100 years old. 
like this, like I said to start this, if it would work, let's do it. I, I think that makes for the most compelling story, but it doesn't work based upon the constraints that Marvel put themselves in. Unless you're doing a period piece, which I do not think they want their X-Men stuck in 19, whatever. And how does it make sense with the rest of the world? With like, it doesn't make sense any way you try to slice it. You make it a period piece. Where were the X-Men at during the time of Thanos? Like, not, it makes no sense any way you slice it. So you have to try to fix the situation as best as you can. Facts. So, yeah. all right, sure. let's get to Geek Week by Netflix. Schubert, where do you want to start? I'm going to ask you because I got smoke for Netflix. Um, on a positive end, I kind of want to talk about the four Stranger Things characters that are coming in. Go ahead. Start off positive. Let's get all our positives out before we go negative. Um, so it, they didn't want to give too much away about Stranger Things. Of course, it's going to come out next summer, I believe. Or no. Uh, you know, yeah, it should be next summer. Um, but they added four new reoccurring characters that are going to play a big role into this. And you have to remember now that the Stranger Things kids are now teens. Mm-hmm. They're in high school. Uh, the first one is uh, this actress, Annabeth McNulty. She's going to play Vicky, a cool, fast-talking band nerd who catches the eye of one of our beloved heroes. I assume maybe Caleb McLaughlin's character. That's my that's my guess. Okay, bet. Uh, Miles Truitt, who uh, will play Patrick, a Hawkins basketball star who has friends, talent, and a good life until shocking events in his life spiraling out of control, thinking he's going to be like the jock bully kind of like um, uh, we've seen before where he gets wrapped up in some 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 BS. Okay. Regina Ting Chen, uh, who will play Miss Kelly, a popular guidance counselor who cares deeply for her students, especially those struggling the most. Uh, I could see her being that like that that um, authority figure that they kind of lean on, very similar to season one of Stranger Things, where they rely a lot on Hopper. The, uh, no, not Hopper, the uh, AV okay. teacher that they have. Yep, got you. Uh, Grace Van Dyne, she play she will play Chrissy Hawk- Hawkins High's head lead cheerleader and most popular girl in school, but beneath. Uh, the seemingly perfect surface lies a dark secret. I assume that she might have connections to Eleven. I think that she and Eleven are going to be friends. Is there a reason why they put all their pictures upside down? Is that because of the upside down? Yes. Mm, okay. Correct. Got you. Got you. Uh, but that's that's for Stranger Things 4. Um, there was also behind the scenes for Sandman. Sandman? I thought, I thought, was thought it was cool. Yeah, I thought that was dope. I also, uh, also, they're doing a Master of the... By the time you guys hear this, Kevin Smith's Master of the Universe, they're doing a, a sneak peek, maybe trailer oh, footage. Okay. Some things, that'll be out today, so we won't get to talk about that. Also, Zack Snyder's doing an update on his myth, his Greek mythology anime. Yeah, yeah, well. that's coming out. Yeah, that'll be out this. tomorrow, too. Mm-hmm. And then uh, they showed Umbrella a genre. Academy re- released the names of, of the, the episodes, which yep. doesn't really tell you that much. Again, that could have been a tweet. I don't know why. And we're well, going to get to that. Technically I'm a, that was that's, a tweet. that's a negative. That's how I saw it. That's a negative. I'm going to save that because that goes into my my big spiel. But I want I do want to shout out um, real quick. The Jean-Claude Van Damme French movie where he's like an assassin or hitman. I, I almost put that trailer on for us, but I just didn't really know what to make of it because it is a foreign language it's film. A, it looked pretty good. Like, it does I, look pretty cool, though. It looks pretty fucking cool. So I want to give Netflix all their props before I shit on them. Oh, uh, <laughs> Lock and Key coming back for season two. It makes me want to finish season one. I, I kind of 
pitter uh, pitter out, but I kind of want to finish it out now. Same, same, same. And you talked about Sandman. I love Gwendolyn Christie. She looked incredible, so I'm excited she for did. that. Um, I think okay, I think that's that's everything before I shit on it. <laughs> I think that's yeah. The only other thing is Fear Street, but Fear Street's literally just about to come out, so I'm not even worried about. Oh, it. Oh, and they gave some more looks at uh season two of Shadow of Bone. Like, how did we get looks at season two of Shadow of Bone, and that's just filming? Like, what the fuck? Uh, Okay, time to get into it. They gave this big whole thing to start off their live stream. Three, two, one, let's jam. That's Schubert's shirt. That is Cowboy Bebop. They said Cowboy Bebop's dropping in the fall. They didn't give us a date. They said, see you in the fall. So when's the fall? October, November, September. That is literally three months away. We don't know how Spike looks. We don't know. We don't have a trailer. We don't have shit. Except for his goofy hair. So what the fuck did they do? They dropped a video saying, oh, Yoko Kano's coming back. And we see John Cho in his normal clothes. We see Faye in the normal clothes. And we see the version of Jet. I have so many issues with this that you hype people up for a Cowboy Bebop sneak peek and you make an announcement about Yoko Kano. That could have been a fucking tweet. Like, why are you having a geek week? And, and, and you wonder why anime fans aren't hyped. People were in the comments, myself included, shitting on them. They blocked my comments. They un- they had they started retweeting a bunch of people talking about John Cho's hair, who don't even know what the fuck anime is. It was a bunch of just actors who were friends of his. They didn't get the popularity and the hype that they wanted. You want to know why? Because the anime community is fed the fuck up with you. All y'all have done for months: One Piece anime coming, Naruto anime coming, this, 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 this. You've made announcement after announcement with no showing for these announcements. And then on top of that, you want us to be excited when the last anime live action you made is Death Note and you're taking one of the most legendary and iconic anime of all time, one of the easiest ones to make, mind you, and you still you still can't get it right. The fact is, Faye and Jet both look younger than John Cho, which is just ridiculous to me that Jet is younger than him. But yet, yeah. OK, I'll exclude that. You still couldn't even give us a picture of how John Cho looks as Spike. You couldn't give us a picture of Faye. You couldn't give us a picture of Jet. And we still, we still don't even know if fucking Ed is in the show. Like we don't even yeah, know if he's don't. casted. We, like we do know that Ayn's in. But the only videos they've dropped is a fucking stupid video of the of of the dog eating food out of a bowl named Ayn and John Cho's goofy ass fucking haircut listening to Yoko Ano's theme. And then they're making original music, too. Like, what are y'all fucking doing? Well, Yoko Ano's making original music. Yeah. So. It, it, again, it's all smoke and mirrors. Why won't you show us the product? I think it's going to be shit. I, I, I have gone from having hope to being worried to now I think it's going to be ass. And I, and I'm, and it, it upsets me because if Amazon would have got it, if HBO would have got it, it would have been done right. The, and I, we had a debate on Twitter, Simi Lemieux, Andrew Koji, Henry Golding, Stephen Yuen, all of those people would have been better Spike Spiegel's than John Cho. And I'm sorry. The fact that you're getting a bunch of popular quote unquote actors to tweet that his hair looks good does not mean you understand who the fuck Spike Spiegel is. I guarantee those actresses have never seen Cowboy Bebop and no one gives a fuck what they think Netflix geek. There's a reason why you didn't get anime tweet Twitter people to tweet about it because they didn't even want to tweet about it because they know that shit looks ass. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous and asinine. That should have just been a tweet. That should have just been a fucking tweet. Like, how are you going to have a Comic-Con yeah, event I mean, and not show a picture or do a trailer? 
Like, this is your geeked week. This is Netflix's big week, and you don't show anything? And then you say it's coming well, in the fall? Like what we were talking about earlier, where, like, we're like, you know, Sandman, I think, is going to be later than Cowboy Bebop. We're seeing behind-the-scenes footage. Uh, Shadow of Bone! We're already getting stuff about Shadow of Bone Season 2. We're already getting stuff about the boys. We're, you know, we're already getting... All this information about at least Titan season three and- has shown us Starfire's new suit, right? Red Hood and Blackfire. At least Titans have done that. Boy season three, we just talk about it. They know when their product is good. The boy says, Our shit is flame. We don't give a fuck if y'all see how Soldier Boy looks. Y'all aren't gonna know what our story is about. Y'all are, we know we're, y'all are gonna love it. But Cowboy Bebop can't show a spike, especially since the last anime they made was Death Note. So you want us to think this is going to be good when y'all gave us Nat Wolf in his worst movie? I mean, I was rewatching some Cowboy Bebop's ep- episodes the other day. And Me just, too, to get ready for the... how John Cho could pull off this character. Schubert, I was watching it the night before to get ready for the... To get ready for whatever announcement they were going to make and just seeing Spike's charisma and just looking at John Cho, I'm just like, could y'all have not have called Henry Golding? Like, I really think Henry Golding should have been Spike. I'm like, I, I know people say they don't know if he could do the action and people love Andrew Koji from War, Warrior. I love him too. But Spike has a specific type of charisma. And Henry Golding and the gentleman t- showed me he could pull off that charisma. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I just can't see it. And especially what you're saying, like with Jet uh, being younger, because Jet is supposed <laughs> to be Did you not like see that video? Of, of- <laughs> Jet looked like a young dude chilling with his, with his baldy. I liked how that black dude looked as Jet. I thought he looked fire. And I loved Faye too. The fact, the, the crazy thing is, how can I love Faye and Jet more than Spike? <laughs> what? It's crazy. I, I just don't know. And how am I supposed I mean, to think John Cho's about to like, fight? I'm looking at like, I'm looking at the Google page right now, typed in Geek Week, day two, and like they have pictures of like, not John Cho, a <laughs> anime version of Spike, because like they just, there's just no way that picking a picture of John Cho is going to make you think about Cowboy Bebop. It's, it's it not. No matter what the hair looks like. Look at that. Look at your shirt right now. Look how cool that looks. It's just a silhouette. John Cho does not look that cool. I'm sorry. It, it, his hair looks like he tried. He tried to go the, fl- the flow and he couldn't. And it's not about the hair. That's what I don't want people to know. That's what I want people to, I don't want people to think, oh, we're just upset about the hair. No, we're upset about how Netflix is handling the entire marketing of this show. There's no marketing. There's no marketing, which makes us think that's not good. Yep. That's a fact. But that's all I got on that, Schubert. Like, unless you want to see trailers now. Yeah. All right, let's start off with Reminisce. Uh, the new uh, Hugh Jackman trailer looks very Inception-y, mixed with Waterworld, mixed with fucking Westworld. Like, everything's underwater. He's this private investigator trying to look into this girl he loves past to solve some murder mysteries. It looks like there's so much stuff jammed together now that you you said that off air. But I thought the trailer looked good. I'm going to definitely watch the movie. Yeah, it looks good. I mean, it is going to come straight to HBO Max as well as theaters, so I'm definitely going to check it out. And you get Rebecca um, Ferguson and Hugh Jackman? Yeah, but it is kind of a cluster. It is kind oh, of no, difficult to, to understand. Like, why um, is everything underwater? Like, Waterworld. And, and Thandie Newton's in this, too. Yeah. yeah, she is. Like, everything's underwater, but then we see Hugh Jackman walking on land. 
And then you and then it's about them laying underwater to get into this chamber to live through nostalgia. So like, well, and, and, that, and that reminds me of Ready Player One. And I'm just there's like, so many different themes to this. There's the nostalgia stuff. There's the underwater apocalyptic stuff. There's the fact that he's a private investigator investigating a murder. But then at the same time, he's trying to investigate the past of his lover, which reminds me of Inception. Like there's so much shit just going on. Yeah. So. This is something that a trailer just, I don't think, can do it the justice. I think we just really got to get into it. I think it comes out next month. Yep. So we'll, we'll see with reminiscence. The, um, let's talk about the 25-second Kate teaser. I think it looks pretty cool, man. How can I'm, they give I, us a Kate teaser, like, again, again, to shit on Cowboy? Well, that's, co- that's coming soon, though. Oh, it's okay. Like, I'm pretty sure that comes out next couple months. If it comes out in November, I'm going to be pissed. I thought it was later. I didn't think it was a summer movie, but hopefully it is. Cause like, I'm excited to see Kate Winslet in this. This looks good. I love her taking on like the Charlize Theron action roles. Like to me, five years ago, this would have been Charlize Theron. Obviously we saw an atomic blonde. So it seems like Kate Winslet's going to be the new action lady, which I love. So I'm excited for this. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking it up right now. What, what are we talking about next? We're going to talk about, uh, Let's let's do uh America the movie. Yeah, that <laughs> that animation looks, looks great. Uh, you get fucking Channing Tatum voicing George Washington. George Washington has like these Wolverine uh saw blades that come that he holds like this that he fights with. Looks great. The comedy aspect of it looks cool with Jason Manzukis. You have uh some other familiar voices in there. Uh. And it just looks great. A retelling of America's how they come up, satiring it with action and comedy. Looks very adult swimmy. Yeah, it does look very adult swimmy. Uh, what's that show that it reminds me of? Oh, well, they, they do say that it does come from like the creators of Archer and, mm. um, and, and stuff like that. So that does kind of give me some Archer vibes. Definitely the animation does. gives me some Rick and Morty uh, vibes too, a little bit. Some Rick and Morty vibes a little bit too. I think it's gonna be really funny. It comes out at the end of the at, at the end of the month. I'm wa- so we're watching be, that. It's going to be real soon. So we'll definitely definitely be talking about it. That's a um, fact. I looked up the date for Kate that comes out September 10th. So it is soon. Fall. Fall. <laughs> Fall. Fall, bro. Fuck, fuck Netflix. Gosh, I'll suck. Um, all right. The next trailer. Let's talk about the eyes of Tammy Faye. Is this a Netflix movie? Mm, I don't think it's no, Netflix no, it's Searchlight. Movie. It's Fox Searchlight. Yeah, it's too good to be Netflix anyway. Shout out to uh Jessica Chastain. Shout out to Andrew Garfield. They're telling the uh, the story of this religious, these two religious uh TV personalities, Tammy Faye and her husband, and about how they built this empire before, like a lot of people today. You you could think of they're like the old version of Joel Osteen, and they yeah, I mean to, they they kind of started that TV era of mm-hmm. worship on television, and they and they go over how they were robbed people and like the controversies and the messages that they wanted to spread about homosexuality being bad like this movie looks like it's about to be the the quote that you said you stuck out was uh god wanted us to be rich Mm -hmm. yep about him explaining to his wife why they're getting paid so much like this looks like this is oscar bait for andrew garfield and jessica chastain and not in the negative way that we use the term oscar bait i'm excited for this i told you off air that this looks like the serious version of righteous gemstones <laughs> it does it, it definitely follows in that similar vein uh, you know i think andrew garfield really needed a role like this 
Um, Jessica, Jessica Chastain, Chastain needed a role like more so than Garfield because like Jessica Chastain was the action B-lister like she was the villain in the X-Men Phoenix movie that failed she had yeah. her own like thriller and Molly games she did red like she's been this B-list C-list action actress and if she wins an Oscar this will just catapult her and that fats the prosthetics that they were wearing were just unbelievable I think she gets nominated if this is good. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know about when yet, but... But look, this looks great. This is something that we're going to keep our eyes on, the eyes of Tammy Faye. <laughs> yeah, it's so, a good trailer to check out, uh, for sure. Let's uh, uh, run... Ron's run gone through. wrong? Yeah, let's do that real quick. Ron's gone wrong is just an animated movie uh, about Ron who gets a, the latest new gadget. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he gets the Android the, version, the, 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 yeah, B, the Zune version. Yeah. The, the Zune version. The, I think it's like the B, the B, B droid. Or the, the B bot or something like yes, that. The B bot. Something that's like that. what it is. And like, he gets the defective one and it's about his experience <laughs> with that, learning that it's not actually defective. And I'm sure it's yeah, going it to be a reminds comment- me of like big hero six or something mm-hmm. like that. And I'm sure it's going to be a commentary about how kids are addicted to their devices. It seems like that kind of wish this was a Pixar movie so they could give us a little bit more, but you know, it depends on how that other Netflix uh, movie that movies. just came out with the, with the machines or whatever, you know mm. what I'm talking about? The one that you were high on. Yeah. Love death and robots. No, not Love, Death, and Robots. The one with the family and the oh. little weird-looking dog thing. Hold on. Wait, that I was high on. You told me, you were like, this looks funny. It, with a dog? Is it animated? Bro, I, I, could, I could tell you what it's called right now. Let me just type in Netflix. Yeah. It's literally in the top ten. <laughs> um, what's it called? Sweet Tooth? No, man. Like, what is <laughs> Oh, my God. Dog going trouble? No, dude, it's like the family and how you that little stupid looking pug thing. Like, God. <laughs> uh, we, uh, son, we are the Millers. It's like, I don't know what the fuck Trevor's talking about, ladies and gents. I wish oh I Oh my could. God, dude. Like, it just literally came out. Oh, on, uh, yeah, type. here it is. The Mitchells versus the Machines or whatever. Oh, yeah, I heard that was great. <laughs> I did hear that was great. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I feel like it's going to be kind of like that. And if that ended up being good, then, you know, maybe this could also fall this in that similar good. vein. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> I was like, she was, <laughs> the, we didn't know whether you were talking about the stupid-looking pug thing. <laughs> Dude, watch, watch, like, look at it. I mean, like, they got the stupid little, little pug thing. His eyes going like, <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking funny. All right, but the final trailer. Oh no, we have two trailers left. Let's talk about LeBron Space Jam. What'd you think? What'd you yeah, think, old LeBron? For Space Jam, uh, showed it a little bit more of what it's going to be like. I felt like that trailer didn't show as much LeBron as it did the tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, the first like one was my, more LeBron-y My whole thing with this is like I just don't know how you're going to change. It seems like it's. The same Very movie? similar to the same movie, but then, like, you obviously can't do, like, the halftime speech of Michael Secret's stuff, so, like, I'm wondering what his halftime speech is But see, that be. was, I felt like that was when he was talking about Granny drinking the martini. <laughs> Which I think is funny. <laughs> I think that was one of the funnier lines, I, I believe. Or, like, the, the line that he said where he's like, I'm shorter than Kevin Hart. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. I think there's gonna be some good stuff, and you, you got and a I think it's interesting in this. that they put LeBron as a tune. 
Whereas when Michael Jordan went to the tune world, he was still himself. But then when the tunes come to like where LeBron can look human, they get humanized. I think it's very interesting how they did that dynamic of tune LeBron, normal LeBron, normal tunes, and then lifestyle Sonic the Hedgehog tunes. Yeah, I think that is a good way of kind of making things different. Because mm-hmm. um, like even the tunes react, they're like, oh, we just got like an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. So... You know, I, I mean, like you said, I'm interested to see if it's going to be good, if it's going to be very similar to the I'm original just that movie. It's an HBO. It will. It's a Warner Brothers so that we are going to get it at home. Yes, yeah, so I don't have to. Theaters. Yep. I do not want to go to theaters to watch that. You are absolutely fucking right. So that's that. And then the final thing is a Steven Soderbergh HBO Max movie, which I think looks great. No sudden move that drops. Hold on, I'm gonna get the July first. We're definitely reviewing that. Don Cheadle. Uh, it has Brendan Don Fraser, Cheadle, Brendan Fraser, Kieran Culkin, Kieran Culkin, uh, Benicio del Toro. del Toro. Yep, and there's uh, uh, the little kid who's in everything. Yeah, we're gonna get to him. Vincent D'Onofrio's in it, and the little kid. She was talking about the guy from Quiet Place, Ford for, for, for Ford versus Ferrari. He's basically the new child actor. He's he him and Jacob Tremblay. Getting all the kid roles. Finn Wolfhard's shit in Noah his pants. Jupe. Yep. Noah Jupe just took over from Finn Wolfhard. Finn Wolfhard wasn't acting good enough. So Noah Jupe came in and was like, I got this boy. I'm the he new also, child actor. He was also the uh the main kid in Honey Boy. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing that he did that was really good. Him and Jacob Tremblay taking over the world, man. But this this no sudden move looks great. It's a gangster film. I needed this in my life. It looks like it's gonna have humor to it. I always love when Benicio Del Toro does movies where they're funny because Benicio Del Toro can actually do some comedy aspects. Also, Don Cheadle, love seeing him getting some more roles, especially after seeing his Showtime show Black Monday. And, you know, I think this looks good. The Frasier sons, man. He's back. Brennan Frazier. Frasier sons. We got, I don't think we got uh, the Frasier sons. Yeah. We got fucking, uh, what's it called? Our show, uh, Doom Patrol. Now he's in this. Let's go. The Frasier sons. But yeah, this definitely looks like probably the best trailer we were talking about in the bunch. Like, this mm-hmm. looks like it's going to be a big hit. Uh, so look out for this movie. It's, it's just a few weeks away. So yep, I'm excited. Make for this. sure you watch this one. But the next thing we got is Paramount Plus is building out the cast of the upcoming series, The Offer, which tells the story of the making of The Godfather with additions of Giovanni Ribisi, Colin Hanks and Dan Fogler. Ribisi is set to star as mob boss Joe Colombo. In addition to running one of the five families of the American mafia, Colombo also founded the Italian American Civil Rights League. The league originally opposed the making of The Godfather before Rudy met with Colombo and secured his support. Hanks will pay Barry Lapidus, a golf and Western executive with a lot of power over Paramount Pictures. Fogler will star as Francis Ford Coppola, the legendary director who helmed the film and co-wrote the screenplay. Big for Dan Fogler, man. Yeah, huge for Dan Fogler. What the (laughs) fuck? Who's the lead in this? Is it Fogler? Uh, No, I don't think he's the lead, but he sounds like he is. Yeah, he's playing fucking... uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Um, we know that Miles Teller is in this. I'm trying yeah, to remember. Miles Teller? I'm, I got the cast. I'm pulling it up. IMDb. Uh, okay, offer. The Offer. Why is it saying it's a 2015 movie? What? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Got it. It's a TV miniseries. Okay, so yeah, Miles Teller's in it. Miles Teller's playing Albert Ruddy. 
whoever yeah, that is. Yeah, that's that's who's gonna meet with um, Rabisi's character. Oh, okay, so that's the producer. Yeah, and then Matthew Goods playing Robert Evans, who I'm guessing is like the stu- one of the other producers of the story. I think okay. they talked about who's playing Sofia Coppola too. Yeah, some it's gonna be a, a kid. So yeah. All right, dope. I'm excited for the offer. This sounds dope. Dan Fogler, man, from what Balls of Fury and Fanboys to <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola. Good for him. Balls of Fury. Dude had like a fucking chin. Sideburn. <laughs> yes, yeah. sideburn action. What a crazy thing. And then he was in fucking Beast of uh, uh, F- yeah, Fantastic, Fantastic Beast. Beast. Where to find him. Where you were like, yeah. who is this guy? Dan Fogler. Well, I mean, I know him because of Balls of Fury and Fanboys. I was you know, but I didn't know that was the same guy from Balls of Fury. That's what I'm saying. Like when I saw Fantastic oh, yeah. Bees. Oh yeah. So um, but next up, so Chris Harrison, he's officially done with he's the franchise. He's getting $50 million to walk away, too. Yeah, apparently he has some dirt on like <laughs> yeah, on the H- Yeah, he was like, which, I'm gonna let out all the dirt on HBO <laughs> on, a- on ABC. <laughs> it doesn't does not surprise me. Um, Executives were like, "Fuck this! Give him fifty mil. Give he could have asked for more. I'm sure he just didn't want to push it because he said he had a lot of dirt, and they were like, we'd give give him whatever he wants. He should ask for a hundred. <laughs> I hope we hear the dirt one day. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Chris probably Harrison's some out. shady shit was going on. Like I could see it being some racist shit. Like they didn't want this particular person. Like I could. It could be anything. Probably is. Um, if it was racist shit, I think he would have fired back with it sooner because, mm. like, that's the whole deal that he's getting out. That he's in. Now. Yeah, true. Uh, but yeah, so the first week of The Bachelorette was this week without him. Mm-hmm. I didn't really feel like it made too much of a difference. I thought uh, at least Tasha, more so than Caitlin Bristow, did a pretty good job of, uh, of hosting. Caitlin I mean, I think. I like Tasha. I like Tasha on screen, so I'm down to see her do more hosting for The Bachelor. I'm ready for JoJo, man. Oh, I mean, I think JoJo is going to do something different. She's, you don't think JoJo Fletcher is going to host? Well, I mean, she's not right now. I mean, Tasha and, and, and uh, Caitlin Bristow are the hosts for this season. That's it. Well, is JoJo hosting the Black Girl series season? I don't know. You don't? Damn, okay. But what we do know is that we're going to get this rotating list of Bachelor in Paradise hosts. We talked about David Spade, but some more names have been put out. And Titus David Spade Burgess, is no longer the craziest name listed anymore. Titus Burgess, makes Lance sense. Bass. Makes sense. And Little John. <laughs> include, and, and others, not names. Why is Little John hosting Bachelor in Paradise? Is he going to DJ an episode? <laughs> I don't know, man, but that's definitely the most uh, crazy name that I saw on here. So Lil John's a Bachelor fan? That's nuts. <laughs> I don't blame him, man. It's quality <laughs> television. Uh, but anyway, Bachelor super fan couple Wells Adams and uh, his fiance Sarah Hyland, are who still is the bartender family star. Uh, they're going to appear on Bachelor in Paradise this summer. Uh, my assumption is that they will do the bartender role that Wells is already occupied. That's crazy. Wells just Wells was like, yeah, I want to come back, but let me be a star on the show as the bartender. That is nuts. And dude married a modern family star. Kids win in life. Oh, well, yeah, that was his whole deal. I mean, he went on the show and then like once he got off the show, he just became a personality. He just became like he, he was already in radio, like before he even did did the deal. And, um, and I think I think like he just made really good connections with the producers. They were like, we'll bring you on Paradise just as like 
because I, th- I don't, I think that he was kind of done with the bachelor nation. Cause I think mm-hmm. like he and Sarah kind of got together pretty soon after he got off the show. So like, he, that's why he did the bartender role, but mm-hmm. you know, I'm not talking about bachelor for too long on this, but like <laughs> it was a, this is pretty interesting. Little John is going to be <laughs> Little John on Bachelor in Paradise. Yay! <laughs> Crazy <What>? man. <laughs> I just I think like this Bachelor in Paradise is going to be even more of a circus just because of like these hosts. It's just going to be like, what the hell is going on here? David Spade and Little John. What the fuck? Crazy. Weird. Um. So before Cruella was even entered, before Cruella even entered into its second week of release, Disney already. Is an early development on a sequel with Craig Gillespie and writer Tony McNamara both expected to return. It's unclear whether Emma Stone is also set to reply, repri- reprise her performance, uh, but it's also unclear how a sequel would work without her. Yeah, true. I haven't so, seen the movie yet, but heard it's great. Heard it's the best Disney live action. Yeah, I heard it's the best Disney live action for people our age. Yep. So shout out to that. All right, gonna have to check out Cruella, but that means it's good. So. Next up, uh, A Quiet Place. After a strong weekend for A Quiet Place 2, Paramount has dated a third entry into the horror franchise for March 31st, 2023. MUD director Jeff Jeff Nichols will take over from Krasinski as Helmer with a story based on an idea by Krasinski. Nichols handed in the script for the new installment, which is more of a spinoff than a threequel. Interesting that Krasinski's off of it. I don't know if I'm going to like this new one. This new one seems like it's getting away from... The just vibe like of what it is. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it seems like they're milking. Like, hey, it. yeah. You know, we can like tell, like, this, this world's cool. Let's tell another story within it. Yep. So I don't know if it's going to be as good as A Quiet Place on Quiet Place 2, but good for Krasinski because he's still making money off of it. For sure. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I haven't seen any of The Quiet Place, but like, I assume. Second one is amazing. I assume that you could maybe work off this idea uh, from what I've known from the Cloverfield stuff. You can. I mean, Clo- I thought uh, the Cloverfield Lane with John Goodman was interesting as, as a concept. So, mm-hmm. Nope, you're right. So next up, we got Hannibal Star. I mean, Hannibal in Star Trek Discovery creator Brian Fuller is attached to make his feature directing debut with an adaptation of Stephen King's novel, Christine, which Fuller is developing for Sony Pictures. Jason Blum will produce for Blumhouse along with Vincenzo Natali and Stephen Hoban. The project is still in early stages as Fuller writes the screenplay. King's novel is set in late 1970s about a 17-year-old girl named uh, Arnie, who fixes up a 1958 Plymouth Fury, naturally is haunted by its previous not nice guy owner who named the car Christine. Soon, Arnie begins taking on the older old owner's personality and appearance, and the car seems to have it out for his best friend, new girlfriend, and anyone else between Arnie and Christine. Interesting story. Good for Brian Fuller. I think he's a great creative, but you, but I'm gonna be honest. I'm tired of Stephen King novel movies. Uh, I guess I don't know. Are you hyped for this? I've seen Christine. It's mm. a pretty good movie. Okay. Uh, I don't really think it needs to be redone. Mm. So. Reboot it, reuse it, retool it, redo it. Quote of the year from the Animaniacs. But next up, we got 
Harry Melling is set to play a young Edgar Allan Poe in Netflix and Scott Cooper's murder mystery, The Pale Blue Eye. The film also stars Christian Bale as veteran detective with solving the murders that took place in 1830 at the U.S. Uh, Military Academy at West Point. Bale's detective partners with a detail-oriented young cadet who will later become the world-famous author the world knows today. Okay, so cool. I thought this was going to be another Edgar Allan Poe story, like a double version that we've seen happening a lot, but this is just casting the person that's going to be with Christian Bale that we've known about for a while. Okay, dope. Yeah, we've known about this story for a while, but you know now, you know Dudley Dursley coming in again. He's going to play. Good for you. Oh, that's who that is. Mm -hmm. Good for him. Dude has been killing it, man. He has. I mean, Queen's Gambit. He's been in a lot of different stuff, and like this is going to be a real big role for him to jump into. Question: So Robert Pattinson is having the best career post Harry Potter and post these small kid movies. Sure. Is is Dursley number two over Daniel Radcliffe? I'm starting to get up that way. I mean, Daniel's <laughs> done some pretty good stuff. Some Daniel Radcliffe movies that people haven't really heard of that are worth seeing: Escape from Pretoria. Mm. It's a it's a movie about him as a set, uh, someone who was really big in apartheid. Uh, was a and he went to prison for it, and okay. he escapes prison. It's just a, a prison break movie, pretty much. It's Guns really good Kimbo. with him in it. We love that. Guns Akimbo was all right, um, and I haven't seen <laughs> Look at Sorry, throwing Man. Shade. Throwing shade, saying Guns Akimbo was all right. <laughs> it was all right. Still hating on Guns Akimbo. Look at Dursley, man, doing his thing. But, you know, this will be dope. Christian Bale and him, this is a big well, movie I mean, for him. The other person I would say is you got to remember Emma Watson, too. I feel like an idiot for forgetting Emma Watson, but I'm still saying that Robert Pattinson has a bigger career than her because she fell off. If we're being honest, Emma Watson went for like she fell off, and it's it's just very hard to to consider all that too because you got to remember who else was in Harry Potter, uh, Gary Oldman. I'm uh, not talking Helen about the, Carner, we're not Maggie doing Smith. the old we're not doing the old people. I'm talking about the youngins. Okay, the okay. youngins. Like, what's Ron Weasley doing? Chilling at his house. He's doing stupid Netflix series. And what is uh, what is Dra- Draco Malfoy doing? Being on TikTok. He was on The Flash. <laughs> he was on the Draco Malfoy was on the fucking Flash. That's how fall. That's how much they have fallen. Go ahead, um, Robert. The, the, the guy who played Dean Thomas was uh Oh, he killing it on how to get a murder. Yeah, he's killing it way more than Ron Weasley or Draco Malfoy. Like Facts. that's crazy. Dude was on an ABC show while Draco Malfoy was on the fucking CW. What is nuts, nuts? But good for good for uh, Dudley. He's playing next to Christian Bale. That's huge. That's that huge. Is, like, and that's he's playing like, a ground post. Huge name. That's huge. Like that's what I'm saying. Like. Robert Pattinson is Batman, but this dude is playing Edgar Allan Poe. Like those two dudes have elevated themselves. I don't care that Emma Watson was Belle. What else has she done? The, the- Little Woman, she was really good in. Okay. Um, okay. I mean, she's been in some stuff. It was Perks just- of the Wildflower. Perks being Wildflower, yeah. Great movie. Great movie. But shout out to Dudley, man. Big for him. Uh, next up, the Gossip Girl actor Leighton Meester said the star on Netflix is thriller The Weekend Away. An adaptation of the novel by Sarah Alderson. The psychological thriller takes place amid um, weekend getaway to Croatia that goes awry when a woman accused of killing her best friend as she attempts to clear her name and uncover the truth, her efforts unearth a painful secret. Isn't she like, she's typecasted as this type of role. She went from a teen person doing this to now she's like the, the adult person doing this. 
<laughs> yeah, the last thing I remember her in wasn't she in like that weird stalker movie? With yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. She does this movie all the time, Leighton Meester. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I haven't even heard that name in such a long time. When I, I saw know. The story, I was like, I was like, she's still acting. <laughs> But that's all that's all my thoughts on that. Cool. Might check it out. Love thrillers. Uh, next up, Screen Media has nabbed all North American rights to Naked Singularity, a heist thriller with John Boyega and Olivia Cook. Let's the film go. marks the feature directing debut of Chase Palmer, best known for co-writing the screenplay for it. Ooh. Bill Snarsgaard was also co-starring Ooh. in the movie along with Ed Scrin, Linda Lavin, and Tim Blake Nelson. Great cast. Naked Singularity centers on Casey played by John Boyega, a promising young NYC public defender whose idealism is beginning to crack under the daily injustices of the very justice system he's trying to make right. Doubting all he has worked for and seeing signs of the universe collapsing around him, he is pulled into a dangerous high-stakes drug heist by an unpredictable former client, played by Olivia Cook in an effort to beat the broken system at its own game. Cool. This could be big for John Boyega. This sounds awesome. This is something that I wanted to see from John. This is the types of movies that I beg Michael B. Jordan to do, that I want to see for John David Washington. Shit, this is the type of movies that I beg Ryan Gosling to do. I am so excited that John Boyega is doing this. Get out of Star Wars, do shit like this, and become a great actor. I love this for him. Yeah, this is a big This is a big movie. I'm um, wondering where this is going to end up. Who's the director? Probably, oh, no, we know the director, Chase Palmer. Chase Palmer. Yeah. Um, but a great cast. Ed Skrin, Deadpool fame, Tim Blake Nelson, Olivia Cook, John Boyega. I love this. Yeah, I, I want to see this now. I'm and ready. the fact that Screen Media nabbed all the rights, that means they know it's going to be good. So, like, let's go. I, yeah, like I said, just really wondering where it's going to end up. True. I can see that on Amazon. Yeah, that'd be far. Uh, Mike Myers' new Netflix comedy series has officially been titled The Pentaverd, Pentervate. I don't even know how to say that word, man. <laughs> Good for Mike Myers back. Back in uh, With the show adding six new cast members, including Ken Jeong, Keegan-Michael Key, Debbie Mazur. From Goodfellas. McCabe, yeah. Uh, Jennifer Saunders, Lydia West. Nice. Uh, um, all... They will all appear alongside Myers in the series, and Myers is set to play seven new characters himself. Crazy. And he can do it. Yeah, he can. Uh, production is currently underway on the six-episode show. In the half-hour series, five men have been working to, to influence the world events for the greater good since the Black Plague of 1347. As the show begins, one unlikely Canadian journalist finds himself embroiled in a mission to uncover the truth and just possibly save the world himself. It's gonna be this goofy. sounds dope. I mean... Hope I see you're right. It, it might be goofy, but I hope he kind of takes it not love guru serious. I hope he takes it more Austin Powers. Yeah, like Mike Myers, this could be his re his rebirth. He saw Eddie Murphy do it this year with uh Dolomite. And, and last time we've America. seen Mike Myers was in Bohemian Rhapsody. Yep. And like Mike Myers has done some serious roles, like he was in uh like you said, Bohemian Rhapsody. He was in Inglorious Bastards. So mm. hopefully this is like a, a black comedy where there's some like serious moments in it, but I don't want it to just be like a sketch show. I don't think it will be, but it, like six episodes at 30 minutes is kind of concerning. Yeah, true. True. I don't know. Now, now you got me questioning it. I thought it was going to be fire, but you make a good, you make some great points. You have to wait and see. 
Yeah, I want to see what it looks like. Yep. But you know, with Netflix, we never know if we're gonna get see what something looks like. So true facts. All right. Next up, we got Yaya Abdul Mahim the second, my guy, and Dwayne Johnson and Bo Flynn will team up for an action thriller emergency contact set against the Austin, Texas underground music scene. Variety has confirmed that Yaya is attached to star in an executive produce the original project set up at Warner Brothers. Dwayne Johnson's actually not in the movie, he's actually just producing it. It's described as a high concept, high octane film set in Austin, but no further plot details are available. And I put I said that last thing because I think it's big. I w- wouldn't necessarily want to see Yaya do a Dwayne Johnson movie because I think that limits what it can be. And that's no disrespect to Dwayne Johnson, but we just know the Rock's action movies aren't necessarily the best movies, which is why we have our D- Dave Batista take over here. So Dwayne Johnson producing, cool. I want Yaya Abdul-Mahin to get a, a good solid role in the fact that it's going to be an action thriller. I'm down. Yeah, it's it seems like uh, it's gonna be a, an interesting mix of stuff. You the Texas underground music scene. I'm guessing that's gonna the, be South by Southwest. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Something High that happens at the festival. Action film. Um, it, this is good for Austin because I feel like it's an up and coming city, and this is gonna mm-hmm. be um, all about Austin. Um, but we don't really know much about the plot, so True. we'll wait and see. Yep. Next up, Shamik Moore is attached to a star in Silver Star opposite Sydney Sweeney. Moore will play Buddy, a 20-year-old Civil War reenactor who's fresh out of jail, struggling to root himself in today's world. Buddy is determined to reconnect with his strange parents by saving their home from foreclosure, whatever it takes. During a botched robbery, Buddy takes Franny Sweeney, an impulsive pregnant 19-year-old with nothing to lose as his hostage, and together they embark on an unexpected road trip across America. This could be cool. This could be me. Uh, yeah, it depends. Um, but, you know, with Shmeek more, I'm more so like what he's done. I like dope. Yeah. You know, and of course, I like Spider-Verse. Yep. So I could see him in this indie doing pretty well. I like Sydney Sweeney. She's from Euphoria. Mm. Um, One of my favorite characters in Euphoria, yeah, actually. You remember which one she is? Do you need to look her up? Yeah, probably do. Let me Google her real quick. Um, Sydney Sweet. She's um, this she she has a sister in it. Okay, wait. Here we go. Oh, Rue's b- old best friend's oh, sister. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know who this one is. Oh yeah. Yeah. So them two together, I th- I think they would do a really good job. Okay. Yeah. This could be dope. Good for Shamik Moore. All right. Cool. All right. Next up, we got actor Eliza Gonzalez has been cast in the upcoming movie Wolf Country, described as a muscular thriller. What the fuck is that? In the vein of Jeff Bridges hell or high water. Okay, cool. That's cool. The film centers on a young deputy shunned by her entire community after she uncovers a large drug haul that implicates the town's beloved sheriff, who also happens to be her father. When he escapes custody and flees into the rugged Colorado wilderness, his daughter must face the very man who taught her everything right and wrong and bring him to justice. I love it. As long as they take it seriously and don't make it corny, this could be good. Eliza Gonzalez is trying not to be uh, pushed to the side for Anya Taylor-Joy. I mean, not Anya Taylor-Joy, Anna DeArmas. Anna DeArmas came in and took all of the Isla Gonzalez movies. She's trying to get back on because she did. She wasn't great in the new Godzilla versus Kong. She didn't really have a big role. So hopefully this no, is but good she, for her. But she was good in Baby Driver. She was good in I Care A Lot. Yep. So she has had some good stuff, but we'll see what she does next. Uh, the other, other thing that she has listed is um, this movie, 
Ambulance, which is a Michael Bay movie. So Trash. like she needs this one to hit. Yeah, she does. Like I told you, on uh, when Ana de Armas killed it in Knives Out, she started taking all the Isaac Gonzalez roles. She did. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I don't know if Isaac Gonzalez was ever going to be considered to play Man- Marilyn Monroe. Though. No, never, <laughs> never. But you know what I mean? Like Anya Taylor, Anya Armas. I mean, I could have seen Isaac Gonzalez as Joy in Blade Runner. Maybe. I could also, nah, I couldn't see her in Knives Out either. I don't know. Maybe not Knives Out, no, but you get you get the point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Magnolia Pictures has acquired world, worldwide rights to Mayday, an action fantasy that debuted at Sundance. Mm-hmm. Mayday is directed by debut filmmaker Karen Sonor and stars Grace Van Patten, Mia Goth, Havana Rose Liu, Soko, uh, Theodore Pellerin, and Juliette Lewis. Magnolia plans to release the film in the fall. In May Day, Anna finds herself transported to a dreamlike and dangerous coastline. Once there, she joins a female army enraged in a never-ending war where the women lure men to their deaths with radio signals like the 20th century sirens. (laughs) Though Anna finds strength in this exhilarating world, she comes to realize she is not the killer that they want her to be. Oh, okay. This sounds pretty cool. Does sound pretty cool. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely might check this out. Yeah, definitely an indie. Uh, I don't know where we're going to end up seeing it at. Uh, hopefully Magnolia Pictures ends up selling it to Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> so, hopefully. I mean, that's or like Hulu. our go-to. It's just like, yeah, Amazon, I mean, please. Amazon is the indie guy, like Amazon or Hulu. Like Hulu has done a good job with like things like Palm Springs. The, uh, the They're basically their... Um, Groundhog's Day universe with Palm Springs and then our boy Frank Grillo. So yeah, that hopefully pretty good. Hopefully we see some like it's either Hulu or Amazon because they're the two indie people. So yep. Uh, next up, Alfred Woodard. Nice is the latest to join the cast of Blair Underwood's upcoming psychological thriller, Viral. Um, oh no! <laughs> what? It's some COVID nineteen shit. No, it was delayed oh, after sure. by the COVID nineteen panic. But Woodard oh. is set to play Doctor Johnetta, a psychiatrist specializing in deep trauma in the thriller, which follows Underwood's character Andrew as he falls into paranoia after his wife Jules goes missing. After the film, as the film progresses, Andrew begins to find his way out of self destructive cycle through his new girlfriend Amelia. So it's probably gonna be pretty dramatic. Okay, sounds like a Blair Underwood type of movie. Some some drama shit where the people think he killed his wife, he didn't kill his wife, and yeah. He's coping with it. <laughs> yeah, facts. All right, next up we got Tiffany Haddish will play the fastest woman in the world. The girl strip actress is stars at Florence Griffith Florence Griffith Joyner, known as Flojo, to her fans who helped popularize track and field with her record-breaking Olympic run in flashy personality and style. Um, she originated the one-legger look with her running suits. Many records that Joyner set in 1988 Olympics, including those in the 100-meter, the 200-meter, have yet to be broken. Joyner died in 1998 at the age of 38 of an epileptic seizure. Haddish will produce the film as well. This is big for Tiffany, for people to start taking her seriously as an actress. I would have sure. loved someone else to play this, like Robin Thede from the uh, Black Girl Sketch Show. She looks just like uh, Florence Griffiths Joyner. She's a better actress than Tiffany Haddish, but I will give Tiffany the benefit of the doubt. If she can pull it off, this is huge for her career. Yeah, I mean, I'm always rooting for Tiffany Haddish. I I love her story. Uh, I love everything about Tiffany Haddish. I think everything that she's been in has been, she's done a pretty good job. Yep. So 
Um, I, I can imagine she'd probably do a good, pretty good job here too. I think we, I'd like to know who is a little bit more behind it besides her. Yeah, who's the director? Because that's going to be huge. And where they're going to put it out at. Yeah, true. I, I, I assume this might be a Hulu thing. Mm, okay, them getting into their biopic bag. But but then I just don't know who Tiffany Haddish might be signed on with right now. Like that's I probably she, uh, Is she signed on the Netflix? I feel like she has a Netflix deal. I feel like she has two. That's what I think. I'm not sure. Hold on. I'm going to Google Tiffany Haddish Netflix deal. Netflix. Yeah, I feel like she has a deal somewhere. Um, but so that would determine where this would go. But you know, definitely cool to see some biopics into her to get into something that's gonna be way more serious. Yeah, true. But but also with you know a flashy personality, I can imagine she'll throw some of her comedy into it. Throw so yeah, throw some of her uh some of her tish Tiffany Haddish swag. Okay, wait, Tiffany Haddish signs a first look deal with HBO. Ah, that was in 2018. I don't know if that's what has she done for them. Yeah, I don't know if she's made everything yet. So yeah, this she's with HBO. Okay, cool. So this might be an HBO thing. That would make me think this is gonna be great. Excited for that. Yeah. So okay, cool. Good for Tiffany. If it's HBO, that's way better. Uh, but next up, we got Glenn Close is set to star in the upcoming film Brothers. Legendary Entertainment has not divulged a single detail about Brothers other than the fact that Josh Brolin and Peter Dinklage will play siblings. To that end, it's unknown who Close will play. However, sources say the project's to fall in the vein of Ivan Reitman's buddy comedy Twins, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Palm Springs filmmaker Mark, Ma- I mean, Max Barbacow is directing Brothers from a script by Machen Blair and Ethan and Ethan Cohen. So this makes me think this will be good because they haven't divulged anything about it. They're keeping it close to the chest. And I really love Palm Springs. So if that director's making something new, I'm going to check it out. Yeah, the um, the only thing that I got worried about here was when I heard the name Etan Cohen because I do remember some of the works that he's been a part of writing. Ooh. And that includes uh, Get Hard, Ooh. Uh, Holmes and Watson, Ooh. Men in Black 3. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> Tropic Thunder is his, okay. is a good one. Uh, Idiocracy is a good one. Okay. Uh, but then a lot of his stuff has just been like way early in his career where he, he did write some King of the Ten King of the Hill episodes. Now that's five, sure. But I mean, that was early you know, two, 2001 through 2005. I mean, that was a long mm. time ago. It's like more of what have you done for me lately? And it's been Holmes and Watson, Get Hard, Men in Black 3. Ooh, trash, trash, trash. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully Max Barbacow can lead it in home. Uh, let me look up this other guy's name real quick. Macon Blair. Macon Blair. Yeah, see what, he, see what he's about. Because, you know, like I said, Palm Springs is great. Love Peter Dinklage. Love Josh Brolin. So maybe they can do something fire in this brother's film, but seems like that guy don't have fire either. Not really much of anything. He's more of an actor. Okay. So new team, maybe he can, maybe he got some writing chops that we just don't know about yet. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, you know, there's a good cast, real good cast with, you know, close Berlin and Dinklage and uh, Mm -hmm. Ivan Reitman's buddy comedy twins with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito. Um, what's the the ranking on IMDb for that? Probably like a, I'm gonna get six point five. That's not a bad one. Let's see, might be a five. Would they six rank one. it? Six one. Yep, knew it was in the sixes. But all right, yeah, that's that's all we got on this brothers film. What you got for us next up? 
Uh, Rob Zombie, the heavy metal musician turned director, has confirmed that he will write and direct a feature film based on The Munsters, the <laughs> 60s sitcom about a family of friendly monsters. Uh, the Munsters, if you don't really know, it ran concurrently with the comedy <laughs> The Addams Family back in the 60s, 70s, following a family of benign monsters who are relocated from Transylvania to the American suburbs. Uh, satirizing a, a European immigrants, adjusting to life in America in the in an American suburb, the series reflected shifts in the con- the current societal and political landscape. All of their characters pulled inspiration from Universal's classic lineup of monster movies. You know, I could see where if, like they were rebooting the monsters as a series. Yeah, I would be. I'd probably be a little bit more interested, but like they're, they're making them. I feel like this is going to be a, a movie and. Ha- Rob Zombie's directing it, and and Rob Zombie hasn't made that great of movies. No, he has not. Like, like you want to talk about what do what do you do for me lately? Like Rob Zombie, well, he did write an episode. Oh no, that's the soundtrack. Never mind. I was gonna say he did not make pin 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 fifteen or penis. He did not. No way. Uh, Uh -uh. Like the last thing Rob Zombie made director wise was freaking three from hell straight to DVD. Like all this shit is trash. All yeah, of this so, shit is trash. His Halloween movies were trash. So I'm not excited for this. Yeah, like I think that it, the Monsters is not a bad uh, concept property property to reboot. Mm-hmm. Um, especially not with like, him. Especially for like what I was saying, where like what it was, it was satirizing European immigrants just into the American suburb and the current societal and political landscape of the sixties. I feel like if you did that today, you could do that in a really interesting way. It could work, Um, but like not Rob Zombie and not in the movie. Nope. 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 I agree with you 100%. All right. Latest on the, the (laughs) series of Peacock, Uh, Dennis Quaid is going to play Rick Kirkham, the documentarian, the guy with the hat, the cowboy hat who was sketchy. (laughs) Yeah. Why is Dennis Quaid doing this? Why? Why is he doing this? Well, more so, this makes me think that Peacock is the lead. Is the, the lead one, one over Nick Cage? Because, I mean, we're not hearing anything out of that Nick Cage Amazon <laughs> thing. And, like, you know, now this one's got Nat Wolf, uh, <laughs> Kate McKinnon, Dennis Quaid. Quaid. Like, <laughs> the Joe Exotic TV series. That is nuts that this dude got a TV show. Oh, man. It's crazy. But, all right. Good for good, for, right, well, good for Peacock. I'm not saying good for Dennis Quaid. He's you know, good the. For I've, I've said the Adams family once already, and now we're going to talk about someone who's well famous from the Adams family, Christina Ricci. She's going to join the Matrix Four. Matrix Four has a great cast. Great cast. She's, going to be, she's definitely going to be bald. You think? <laughs> you think? If anyone can pull it off, it's Christina Ricci. <laughs> Is Christina Ricci going to be part of the people getting plugged in, or is she going to be a villain? She, she, I feel like she's going to be one of the people getting plugged in, but I could see her as a villain as too. Agent? Yeah. Mm. All right. Know, we'll see. But that's all the news we got this week. Time to get into the segment that we call Movie on the Rise, where we suggest one movie or TV show that is new to streaming, new to theaters this week, or it's something that we've been watching that, you know, we want to highlight. Schubert, what you got for us this week? Um, I really want to watch Ray of the Last Dragon now that it's free on Disney+. Plus. Oh, so. I'm watching that. that. Thank you for letting me know. Yeah, so that's definitely worth going to check out, you know, for people who don't know, like Lyndon, that is free yep. now on, on Disney Plus. And also on HBO Max this weekend, In the Heights, Lynn Manuel Miranda's Broadway musical, now uh, John Chu directed uh, movie. 
definitely we want to check that out and maybe for some people if you're going to the theater that might be something pretty cool to see in theaters but i'll be watching on hbo max same 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 but i'll definitely watch on hbo max that's a fact uh did you want me to talk about some of the other stuff that i was watching well let me do mine real quick and then you can go ahead and do that real quick i got there's a new food show called fresh fried and crispy passionate about food ready for fun Critic Dame drops in American Smoking Hotspots for the best freshest takes on uh, fast on fried food. Yes, it's on Netflix. It's looks it looks pretty good. Also for fans of uh, F is Family, the new season dropped, which is fire. Mm. So those are my two things. Oh, and did you talk about? Oh yeah, you mentioned this two weeks ago. But Bo Burnham's comedy special is pretty good. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Yep, it's pretty damn good. So yeah, what you been watching? Um, I mentioned to you off air. I've been watching uh, High Maintenance uh, mm-hmm. on HBO. Uh, it's pretty cool because like the only the only thing that connects all the episodes is the weed dealer. It's just different stories in New York City if, based on different characters. None of the characters ever show up, and again in other episodes, the only thing that mm-hmm. is the same is the weed dealer. The that, weed dealer that ties them all together. Um, okay. I'm gonna have to check that out. And, and then, like I said, I've been uh, I finished Panic, and that was pretty good. Um, and then Downton Abbey, which I can understand why Downton Abbey was as popular, um, popular and critically acclaimed as it was. It's pretty phenomenal. Okay, uh, really cool. Like I thought it was going to be like way back, but it's actually telling the story of nineteen. Tw- it starts in nineteen twelve. Mm-hmm. So like it's a little bit more modern. But the still concept is the idea of the old English lifestyle coming into like now they're getting electricity and you know the mm. old women are complaining about the electricity and the telephones are like, oh, and like women's rights are like, oh, I can't believe like when the dress, go. the way they're dressing and stuff. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, where I got to, I just finished the first season at the end of the first season, World War One starts. So Ooh, it's like, okay, you know, so that's probably so I'm interested to see what that's going to be about. But for the majority of it is this one house with the, the Earl of Downton and his family. And uh, it goes, you learn about their lives, but more so follows the servants. Okay, cool. I'm going to have to check that out. It was like to be a, a, a maid or a butler the, yeah. in that kind of era. Okay. Also want to shout out Pause with Sam J. It's a new late night TV show on HBO, but it's about, it's this uh, lesbian African-American uh, who is basically instead of having people come to a studio and whatnot, she goes and interviews them at their homes and then she has a party or like a soiree where a bunch of people just come and talk about world events, things going on in the world. It's a really good show. There's three is episodes she that, out. Is she that chick that really like asked them some really weird questions? No, that's that's Zway. I don't, I don't really Zway. fuck with Zway. But this is Sam J. She's, she's really cool. Okay, and okay. I, I really fuck with pause with Sam J. I think she's having really good conversations. She first episode, she sat down with some black Republicans, like some real mm. black Republicans, not Candace Owens types. And she discussed why black people should be Republicans, why black people shouldn't just um, necessarily align with the Democratic Party. And I think those are conversations that need to be had. And I thought it was very enlightening to hear from a different side and the voices that you don't always hear from because they're marginalized. Because 
people like Candace Owens makes you think when you hear black Republican, you think of one thing, whereas these people were preaching something different. So that's why I like pause with Sam J. She talks to different people and she has all these different types of things. Not like Zway, late nights with Zway on Showtime. I don't even, that girl got a Showtime show because of her Instagram uh, live videos, but I don't want to sound like I'm hating because I'm not hating, but I just don't think that's a good show. But people like yeah. it, so, you know. But well, Sam J is um, the late night show people need to fuck with. Well, let's jump in and talk about some really good stuff. Do we want to do Mayor of Easttown first? And Last. Okay, Loki I was just first. making sure. We got to get Loki. Loki was just an intro to, to the TWA, which was cool, which was cool. I like the TWA. I think they're cool. I, I, I like Owen Wilson. I thought this episode of television. Did you notice that chick from uh, Lovecraft Country? Didn't like her in this. She was pissing yeah. me off the way she was treating our boy Loki. This this series made me love Loki already. Like I'm into it. And I thought episode one was better than WandaVision. I think seeing the scale of Loki being a god and finding out about this new entity that basically says that you don't have free will was a very interesting concept. Like you said, I loved Owen Wilson. Um, I thought the fact that Loki got to see himself die was very interesting. I don't know if Loki's the time person that they're trying to beat. I don't think he's beating himself. Like, I feel like that's a misdirect. Yeah, that that was what confused me at the end. I was like, what is this whole deal with like him also being the guy corrupting the timeline? I don't really I don't believe that. that. I don't know if that's true. Unless like it was unless you can have that instant where the orb got kicked happened one time and they didn't get him. So they did it again and got him. I don't know how that works. I don't think it's that. So time is always difficult to meddle with. But so we'll I see. think I think this could do a lot of cool stuff. And I thought the Miss Minutes video about the uh about the multiverse was very interesting, being that we're about to go into Doctor Strange of the multiverse and uh Spider-Man No yeah, Way Home. I think it was important that a lot of people were focusing on that video. Like they were talking, people were talking about, oh yeah, did you notice Tara Strong's voice in that? I think yep. it was more so so people focus on that video when you watch that episode because like it's it means more than just and the what fact the that they're about is. to have this big multi. They talked about a multiverse war and mul- and universes overtaking universes, and the fact that we're getting Green Goblin from Sam Raimi, uh, Sandman, Electro, all of these other Spider Man villains. That means that. Marvel's about to be this big multiverse and we might get a multiverse war. That might be the next big event. That's possible. Um, I think, you know, another thing about this is since Loki did see himself die and that's part of the timeline, will Loki forever be a part of the TVA? Yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. Does he... Like, can he go back to the timeline? I don't think he can. I don't think he can. And, And if he does, then he'll change history. Or or not change history, create a new timeline and create a new universe, essentially, which, you know, crazy. Loki can do that. But I'm interested to see where they go. I thought showing him as D.B. Cooper was cool, showing how he was always this god of mischief. Yeah, I I thought that him getting down to the core of why he kills people or why he does what he does was very powerful. And, you know, I'm interested in this show. Not much to talk about, because, like I said, it was just an intro to the TWA. But Owen Wilson, good for him. Yeah, Owen Wilson's doing a really good job with this. Uh, what I've really appreciated about the series is, you know, it does start off right where Loki ended off in Endgame. Which I, I love that too. Which I would loved, and it made me feel like this was legit an extension. 
Like mm-hmm. I, I feel more so even than Falcon Winter Soldier, I felt like I was legit just watching an extension of a Marvel movie. Mm-hmm. Not saying that Falcon Winter Soldier didn't have that at times. Because it did. But when it, they, did. it starts off with Sam getting, getting the shield. I understand. But I mean, what I felt like with Falcon Winter Soldier was that it really was like its own series. Oh, for sure. Within the world, within the world. But like, it didn't feel like I was watching an extension of the Avengers movie. And like this, I feel like I'm like veered off. I'm, I feel like I'm still watching Endgame. I just veered off. Got you. That's also, yeah, that's also because this is right then and there where he yeah. went. And Falcon Winter Soldier takes place like a couple months or maybe like a year after. So, yeah. I mean, it's going to change now that. that we're in into the series series. But like, I also love the them showing the dark world stuff, him seeing him and him and uh, Thor get along because you got to remember the Loki that died at Thanos' hand was redeemed. So yeah. this Loki, I think it's interesting that they had him acting like Avengers Loki, but the fact that he got to see like his life through a lens we could maybe get some of those Loki moments. We could maybe get less evil Loki and more of the Loki we knew in Ragnarok. I feel like that's kind of what he's leaning towards now after seeing a lot of that stuff because he kind of comes to a realization that his life in that world is Doesn't pretty matter much so. over. Yeah. Crazy. And like he didn't get what he wanted. Nope. And if anything, he helped. So he helped Thanos and like, but there were some positives. He redeemed himself with his brother, he redeemed himself with his father. So like there like there's I, I I'm interested in this series a lot more so than Fal- than uh not Falcon Winter Soldier more so than Wanda yeah yeah no this this was great anything else you got on Loki because like it was episode no. one not much really to dive into but solid way to start off the review I saw some uh, people hating on episode one though yeah just they didn't there get wasn't enough. a lot to do yeah um, but it was all explanation but like you said I, that Miss Minutes video was the most important thing of that episode. <laughs> It really was. It really was. Uh, gave you a lot, a lot of, a lot of context on what's going on here. But other than that, I thought it was really interesting how in the TBA, like nothing that no he magic could do, like the no magic, all no the Infinity, Infinity Stones. Stones. That was crazy. Like, when the dude was like, "Oh yeah, people are using these paperweights." Paperweights. <laughs> and I did love the Timekeeper's weapons where. We write you out of existence. We slow you down to like one point minus one point five speeds. Thought that was cool. And then the button where you could keep going back. I, the TVA, cool, cool uh, soldiers, the Minutemen. Yeah, TVA is a cool inter- iteration of a lot of things we've seen before. Like we've seen something like this in Umbrella Academy. We've yep. seen it in DC Legends of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, you know, Marvel's version seems pretty neat. So yeah, they do. Yes, they do. All right, let's get into the best show of the year so far. Holy shit, Schubert. Kate Twists with- and turns. Man. All right, let's do non-spoiler first. Why should people watch this? Uh, well, if you haven't watched this, you should watch it because uh, it, it's you know the best of what HBO does with their mystery thrillers. It gives yep. you a story that... Uh, takes you on a ride it's different twists and turns you don't know who the who uh the killer or killers are i think what was really good about this series is that um and this is kind of spoiler not really spoiler well, well don't say no spoilers I mean, well i mean that. like 
Uh, yeah, I guess. Okay. Yeah, I guess yeah. that is kind of a spoiler. Yeah, don't, don't, don't spoil for him. But I will say acting is great. Uh, Kate Winslet does a, a master class in acting. Uh, I thought Evan Peters does Evan a really Peters great job. Evan yeah. Peters was great. I thought uh, our boy Guy Pierce was great. I thought uh, Kate Winslet's mom was great. Oh, I loved her. I thought Frank from, I mean, not Frank. Um, Frank is the character name, but you're talking about yeah. Roy from The Office. Yeah, I thought Roy from The Office was incredible. Like, I thought he is did a, a great job. So Evan Peters, Guy Pierce, uh, Gene Smart, who plays Helen, the mom, she was great. Uh, Roy's David Dinman, I thought he was great. Um, and then uh, Ange Angori Rice, who's Shaban, I thought she was great. Mm. And then... Jack Morin, a new guy who played Dylan Henchy, he was great. Yeah, I, I like Dylan Henchy's character, or you know, the acting that was done with that. Uh, yeah, you but, also have uh, Joe Tippett, who plays John Ross. Yep, did, did a good job. Um, James McArdle played the deacon, I thought did a really good job in his role. Uh, Oh, uh, Kevin Bacon and uh, Keir Sedgwick's daughter, Sosie Bacon. She's in this. This plays a uh, Carrie Layden. Mm-hmm. So wait, um, but- um, someone just okay, yeah. Brad Ingsby, the the uh Brad Ing Inglesby is getting uh, uh an executive deal with um HBO. So that's pretty dope. Mayor of East, cool. like they're giving uh Brad an executive deal from what he did with Mayor of East Town. So I thought that's dope. And uh, that shows how good of a job he did. And they said that us getting a season two is still up in the air. He uh, he wrote the way back. He did. Yeah. Oh, shit. OK, well, yeah, he, Brad Inglesby signed a three year exclusive deal with HBO Max. So if this dude's making more thriller stuff, give it to me because this he, is. Re- he has he has one coming up. It's called Hold On to Me. It's going to be a on woman HBO? takes advantage. I don't I don't know. Oh. A woman takes advantage of a hapless guy in an elaborate plot to make money that goes awry. No cast yet. That's going to be great. Coming in uh, 2020. Oh, no. Just, it was just announced. That's going to be great. That's going to be on HBO. I'm excited. And look, now we can... Now, spoilers in three. Again, watch the show. It's great. We can't really talk about it non-spoilery besides great acting, great story. Now, spoiler time. Three, two, one. We are spoiling in three, two... One, Schubert, the twists and turns that this shit had, the fact that they are, are two separate killers on two separate plot Let's lines. See, that's what I was about to spoil. It I know like, you were. That when you said killer or killers, I was like, oh, God, let me stop him. Because they make you believe in, in episode four, I think it is, they set up the idea of the family being one of the killers. Uh, the uh, the McMit not, not the McMiniman family, the oh. uh, the Ross family. They yeah. set it up that the Ross family could be a potential killer, and then they show the Ross family going into one of the Ross members, Billy Ross, going into a bar that we've seen the missing girls trapped in. So you're like, wait, is Billy Ross the person with the bar? But then you find out, no, there's another person with the bar, and then the Aaron McMiniman shit is separate. But wait, it's not. Mind blown, mind fucking blown. And the fact that Zobel, Colin Zabel got capped by that fucking uh, pedophile in that episode blew my fucking mind. Yeah, I did not see that coming. I was like, no way Zabel's going to die. <laughs> they but killed Zabel so soon. 
dude dies in the fifth episode. It's like, there's still two episodes left. I'm like, oh my God, what are we going to do here? And that was the same thing too, is like, you know, because Mayor saves those girls in like the fifth episode. I'm like, what are we doing? What more do we have here? But then then when you find out, okay, the uh, husband, John Ross, killed Eric McMiniman, and then you're in the sixth episode, the last episode, you're like, wait, there's still an hour left into this and we just did all this resolve. What the fuck is about to happen? Yeah. I mean, I did not see the ending with the sun coming. Like I was like, I thought this was pretty settled. I thought it was one of these scumbags that like, but it makes sense, bro. The fact that the son caught the dad cheating before he caught him again and he wanted to confront the girl. It makes so much sense. And then John well, telling him that this would kill our family. I'm going to take the hit. Like, Yo, I mean, it goes back to like even when Zabel and Mare are in the park, and she's like, "Yeah, it was an upward trajectory shot." I mean, uh, but then you you know the close up with uh, her Hand. finger getting shot off. Yep, and then like the fact that the gun, the uh, the the fucking gun person came in episode two and was like, "Yeah, this is a detective gun," and then they just didn't worry about that. Yeah, and then John Ross is like, "What? So, what kind of gun was he?" He's like, "Oh, you know, it was just like a normal gun." I didn't give a fuck. I don't know. I don't fucking know. And the fact that the way that they dealt with like all of the loss from Katie Bailey's mom dealing with loss and then getting Katie Bailey back, but Katie Bailey not being the same, the black woman Freddie's Freddie overdosing, and then the sister losing Freddie, Mayor having to confront the fact that her son committed suicide and was stealing money out of her house, and her and the daughter Carrie Laden, uh, Carrie Laden, the the was try, was saying fuck you bitch, having her on the top crying and she's trying to get her son back. Meanwhile, Siobhan caught her brother kill herself. Like it's just all oh, this shit is fucking nuts. And then the poor lady, her best friend, Lori Ross, who I think should be nominated for an Oscar for the performance she gave. The fact is that lady not only lost her husband to being a cheater, not only that the husband cheated with a family member and had an incest baby who you now have to take care of. And your son's a murderer and went to jail. Nuts. Nuts! I would you lose my mind. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, man. It's absolutely insane. Uh, and the other thing is like, you know, first episode where like she has to go to that lady Betty's house, and like then Betty gets on to her husband at putting in the it's surveillance video, and the <laughs> surveillance video ended up being the evidence they needed at the end. Yep, and like, then uh, and the fact that Betty's husband was having an affair with Mayor's mom. <laughs> And announced was, it at the funeral. That was awesome when, like, they're driving back and Mayor's just cracking up laughing. <laughs> Bro, everybody in this town's fucked up. East Town is a fucked up place. <laughs> yeah, the whole time I was wondering if, like, Guy Pierce was going to have any sort of, like, the nefarious whole, deal. The whole time he, I'm like, is Guy Pierce the murderer? Is Guy Pierce the murderer? <laughs> like, I thought uh, he could have been possibly with, like, the uh, Katie Bailey stuff. Yep, I thought then, he was, like, like an out-of-town... I thought he was the out-of-town serial killer. Yeah, and when that got resolved, I was like, well, I don't think he has anything to do with Eric McMenamin. Nope. Bro, I'm telling you. And then for a while, I was like, what is this deal? What is uh, Dylan Hinchy fucking doing with trying to burn all this stuff? I'm like, what the heck is he doing? And and I was like, why why is the the friend friend going along with this? 
Bro, I was so mad at the friend. And that's why when he pulled the gun out on her, I was like, you get what you deserve, bitch. You shouldn't have been burning them journals. And then you want to put Frank Sheen. Like, that friend was not a good friend. She threw Frank Sheen in under the bus, was like, oh, yeah, she'd been hanging out with a teacher. Frank had to go get a bur- a, parent- a test. Damn, bro. Felt bad for him. Then they then they fucked over that that uh, preacher's life who ended up not ended up raping those kids from the other place. It was ended up being a lie. And then dude got his ass beat and had to go to jail. He did. I, it was fucked up. Well, I mean, he did, you know, hide evidence. He did hide evidence. Yes, he did. And the fact that he had that that on his on his uh record, even though he didn't do it, still doesn't change anything. And one of the scenes that hurt me the most was when uh the Ryan dad saw the dude cleaning the blood and just closing. He was like, I didn't know what to say, Johnny. I didn't know what to say. <laughs> then lo and behold, he didn't know that his brother, his brother John. Well, no, John didn't oh. know about. Oh no, John did know about. And it. and then what about the dad of Aaron McManaman taking Dylan Hinchy out into the woods or whatever and shooting his ass? Shot him, but it's your cousins. Paralyzed. It's your cousins. Your cousins fucking your daughter, and you go shoot Dylan Hinchy. <laughs> yeah, drunk. Crazy. John Ross was a fucker. What a fucker. Slept with not only did he cheat on his wife five years ago, he then cheats on his wife with Aaron McMiniman. Gross. 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 And then, bro, I, who did you hate the most? Because I think this show had a bunch of people for you to hate. John Ross was a was a scumbag. I hated him. But I hated Carrie Layden so much. That episode where yeah. where the, the son and her were screaming at Mare to get to steal money to go get heroin. And she's like, fuck you, bitch. I'm just like, Drew will never hang out with you, lady. I'm glad Mare planted drugs on her. Oh, ass. dude. Oh, man. <laughs> when uh, the when Drew was in the bathtub, I thought she killed him. I, was I thought like, she oh killed him too. God, Super, the whole time I'm, I'm screaming a curse. I'm like, curse, please don't let him die. Please don't let him die. Please don't let him that, die. I was just like, meal was doing <laughs> I was like, I would much rather the uh, the the best friend die because she got herself in that situation because those things were going on congruent. And I was like, you get what you get, bitch, but not Drew, not Drew. And then when he was like, I can hold my breath for a long time, mommy. I was like, no. <laughs> oh, I was just like, please, OCS, child services, come get this kid from this junkie bitch. <laughs> and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I know addiction's a real thing. I'm sorry if that came off offensive, but I'm just saying that show made me hate that woman. Yeah, and then like, yeah, when the person was like, oh yeah, here's, here's some Addies or whatever. I'm just like, oh, don't do it. It's like, don't do it. <laughs> when I saw her get off of those Addies, I was just like, you could see it in her face. She was like, I kind of want them. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, God, here we go again. <laughs> oh, shit. But bravo to Evan Peters. Bravo to Kate Winslet. Those two really carried the series. I felt so bad for Evan Peters the whole time. He was like, Mayor, I want to go on a date with you. And I'm just like, you don't realize Why? she's using you I for information. That. Yeah. And that's what I told my girlfriend. I was like, he should not be going after Kate Winslet, even though Kate Winslet in real life is beautiful. She looked busted in this. They made her look homely. Why was Evan Peters, this young dude, going after this old ass woman? And my girlfriend she said, was because least, she admired she, him. Because he admired at, her. He was at least 10 years younger than her. Yeah, easy, easy. My girlfriend said it's because he admired her. And it was like, she, she thought, he thought that she did a good job at her job. And, you know, it, it had more of like a professional admiration, which turned into a little crush. And I was like, are sure. we sure? And then Guy Pierce, if I was Guy Pierce's character, I'd have said, look, lady, I'm done with you. <laughs> I, I did definitely believe when, like, Mayor goes to the, uh, 
Zabel's house or whatever, and the mom's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And she slapped like, her? I know. I thought that was uncalled for Schubert. I thought oh, that was uncalled dude, like, for. Well, I mean, like, she just didn't understand the context, but I mean, like, if I was the mother and, and knew what I knew about the situation, like, I probably would have slapped her. I'd have been like, your son asked me to go with him, bitch. <laughs> I'd, have cur- I'd have cursed that mom out because the mom didn't like Mayor no way. Even though the no. mom was right that Mayor was using the son for information, but I don't know how Zabel didn't realize that himself. He was just being too nice and too naive. Let's see. So Evan Peters is about 33. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Kate Winslet is... I want to say she's almost 50, right? Yeah, I was about to say that she was easily 1975. So that's at least 45. So it's at least 10 years. Yeah, she's 45. So yeah, that definitely 10 years. Also, my girlfriend pointed out that everybody had very basic names like Dylan, Frank, Lori, Mark, uh, not Siobhan. But then you got Siobhan. What kind of name is Siobhan? Irish. <laughs> oh, for real? I didn't know that. Yeah, also, I love the scene where Granny got concussed because she let ex, ex-girlfriend in the house. Ex-girlfriend's listening to music and Siobhan and her new black honey come in and they start making out. And then ex-girlfriend starts screaming and then slams the door and Granny gets a concussion. I was like, damn, Granny. <laughs> I was worried that she was going to die. I was like, shit. <laughs> Don't kill Helen. Uh, Helen was one of my favorite characters in the story. She was great. I, lo- I love her hiding her ice cream in the, in the vegetables. <laughs> uh, having awesome. Manhattans with her, uh, with her ne- with nephew cousin. or whatever. Yeah, her nephew who's the preacher. Helen was awesome, man. Like, she was amazing. But, yeah, that's, I think that's pretty much it. Pretty yeah. much. So good. But uh, Dan, when Deacon Mark got his ass beat in the in the rain, <laughs> getting those pizzas, <laughs> why didn't dude jump in his car? He was a dummy. He should have gotten his car and locked the door and tried to start the car. He was too fidgety. Yeah, he was. <laughs> uh, so you know, we shout out the creator. Let's shout out the director too, Craig Zobel. Yeah, um, he did a great job. You know, he hadn't done too much other than this. The only other thing that I had really seen that he had done. You know, one episode of Westworld, uh, one episode of uh, American Gods, three episodes of The Leftovers, and The Hunt. Mm, okay. Okay, well, good for him. He's he's in it. So he's on the rise. Yep, he's on the rise, man. I, and I want to see Kate Winslet do more stuff like this. Sure. I mean, this was like a different Kate Winslet than I've ever seen ever. Same. And I love this. And see, that's what we're talking about where we talk about our top actress list. And it's like they're finally giving actresses roles, better roles. Like 20 years ago, Kate Winslet wouldn't have done something like this. Like, this is what I love, like, about the give, being more diverse and everything, giving better roles to different people of color and different uh, genders, because this was awesome for Kate Winslet. This was amazing. What's coming up for Kate Winslet is that she's going to play a voice in the movie. She's going to be in Avatar 2. Mm. Uh, she's going to be in this uh, story called Lee, the story of a photographer, Elizabeth Lee Miller, a fashion model who became the acclaimed war correspondent for Vogue during World War II. Could be mm. kind of interesting. Uh, and something called Fake with an exclamation point based on a true life story of Jen McAdam and her involvement with the one coin Ponzi scheme. 
Okay. I want to see Evan Peters do more uh, cop stuff. I thought he was a great cop. The next thing I Evan he was Peters, too. I was really, I, I think this was like maybe one of the best things I've ever seen Evan, Evan Peters in. Same. The next thing he's doing is the Jeffrey Dahmer story where he's playing Jeffrey Dahmer is a mini series. So that could be pretty big for him. But I want to see Evan Peters do more adult stuff. Like I think Evan Peters could pull off being a lawyer. I think Evan Peters could pull off being a cop again. Like this was a great role for him. This yeah, was a thank grown you. up role for him. I mean, he's 33 years old now. I mean, it's time mm-hmm. for him to like step out of, you know, the, the superhero bag and, you know, yep. he kind of plays younger roles in his American Horror Story stuff. And I mean, that's really what he's done for a long, long time. It's time to stop being the pretty boy of of Comic-Cons and of of teen girls. And it's time to be an adult actor. Yeah. And I think this role is big for him. And I I swear, one of the most realistic moments that made like when when people say that they scream when they watch a TV show and they're like, damn, are they like, what the fuck? And they're always like, what made you say that aloud? Zabel's death, when Zabel got shot, was one of the most realistic. Me and my girlfriend at the same time, Jinchi Omiyasoda, was like, damn, Zabel, what the fuck? We literally said it, those exact words at the same time, and we looked and was like, that's crazy. We said exactly the same words. But that was a moment. But yeah. But yeah, man, props to HBO. They're really coming with it. Uh, yep. with I'm excited series. for the next show. Yeah, they need to... They need to give us at least two of these a year. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yes, they do. And and, they- and I and I like and I like the one bit miniseries. Like we don't need like a big little eyes that like carries over in season seasons. Even though I would love a mayor season two, I don't know if you need it. No, you don't. You don't and I don't it. know if it would be as good as this. No, you don't need it. I, I one detective story that is told across episodes because, like, that's the thing about movie thrillers, and that's why, like, stuff like Prisoners works really well as a long movie because, like, it gives you time to develop and mm-hmm. learn more about the characters and stuff like that. And like, that's this why was, True Detective season one was so great. Yeah, and I mean, if they want to do something more like in the True Detective where they did anthologies, I'd be down. But let I me mean, ask like, you: I wish True Detective would just be good again. Tell me an actor, an actress that's older, that's like a Kate Winslet that you would like to see have their own Mayor of Easttown story. <laughs> an older actor or actress. I'm going to pull up a list of people myself. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of like people on our list right now. It's like Julianne Moore has her deal with like Lissy's story right now. So we'll see how that goes for her. I'm typing um, in actors over 40 and I want to see who could pull it off. Man, um, no, not. I think Natalie Portman's too young, but I would like to see Natalie Portman do something gritty like this. That would be great for her. All right, I'm gonna give you an actor and an actress real quick. Let me do actresses over 40. Let's see who we get because I think it takes a specific type of actress who could pull this off. So, but like, I get again, like, what I really appreciated about this was like, it was Kate Winslet, who we don't really know for this, and like the way that they made her up completely unrecognizable, definitely homely. Mm-hmm. I think you was what you said. Like, yep. And they teamed her up with a young, young, up and coming actor. So, if I was going to go with an actor who's over 40, who I think could be like an older, grittier detective with a young, 
young female actress detective with with them, man, Justin Theroux would be a solid gritty detect like the gritty older actor and then pair him with like a maybe Isa Gonzalez maybe someone like that like Ana de Armas maybe she's too famous now Idris Elba of course did Luther he's another one that could do an HBO series honestly after seeing Loki Tom Hiddleston give Tom Hiddleston a detective's thing I like to see that um looking at some of the actresses trying to figure out who Helen Bo- Helen Bonham Carter would be a good one Maybe. I'm, I just want to see her do less fantastical stuff. Uh, no, not Uma Thurman. What about Jodie Foster coming back into this life? I thought about Jodie Foster, but I mean, I've already seen her do it. So true. I really, true, true, true. I don't really need to see it again. Marissa Tomei? Um, Marissa Tomei, maybe. Um, but I like what she's doing at the moment. Uh, I would like to maybe see Vera Farmiga get out of the horror stuff. <laughs> the Conjuring. Um, we've already seen Nicole Kidman. Uh, not Naomi Watts. Taraji P Henson, maybe. I no. just saw. I just. I just saw that name and thought about it. What about Rachel Weisz? Maybe Rachel Weisz. I. Uh, I think you're looking lo- at the same list that I'm looking at. Uma Thurman would be great. Uma Thurman would be great. I would love to get you Uma Thurman so? out. Yeah. Yes, she would put pair with a young, uh, uh, like pair with like uh, Trevante Rhodes. Like, ooh, Uma Thurman and Trevante Rhodes. I would love that. I would fucking um, love that. Some of the stuff that, you know, I think, are you looking at the rap? That saying yeah. That I'm looking at? yeah, I'm looking at the same one. You. I'm looking at the top thing now. Like, if you wanted to really do like a, if Reese Witherspoon wanted to pull off Gritty, I'd be willing to try and see if she could do it. See, I'd rather uh, Kate Blanchett. I mean, I'd rather Kate Blanchett too. I think she could do it. And then, you know, I mean, Carrie Washington is too scan, too much like scandal. Yeah, no, not Carrie Washington. If you wanted a black actress to step out of a bag, I think Tracy Ellis Ross, I know she's been a comedic actress, but she could definitely pull it off. Maybe. And then on the top of, of it, they showed Sandra Bullock. I could probably see Sandra Bullock doing something like this, too. I could definitely see Sandra Bullock doing something like this. Definitely. Over someone like Jennifer Aniston. She could never. No. no. She could never. Uh, Julia Roberts would be cool getting back into her uh, Aaron Brockovich uh, Pelican brief bag. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think we've ever seen her be like a detective detective. Like nope. She's been like a lawyer. Yep. A law student. And so... That would be pretty interesting. What about Leslie Mann? No, maybe. Yeah, I think I think I think the I think my final answers are what you said: Sandra Bullock, uh, Julia Roberts, Marissa Tomei, and yeah, those are my three. With some with a younger actor of like a of a uh, which call it? Would you say you wanted to pay with Trante Rose, Kate Blanchett, right? Kate Blanchett with Trante Rose, yeah, yeah. I'd do that over much time. Yep. And if I wanted a male, Tom Hiddleston with a young actress. That'd be so, cool. Solid. Solid, solid, yeah, solid. But Mary V sound dope. Mary V sound great. Ooh, Schubert, you compare uh our boy from Sound of Metal with one of them. Riz Ahmed? Yeah, pair Riz Ahmed with like Sandra Bullock. That'd be, <laughs> That'd be fire. That'd be fire. Oh, but 
That's all we got this week, ladies and gents. A long episode, but a very quality episode. You see Schubert's yawning. That's how you know it's a long episode. <laughs> For sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, let me go ahead and tell everyone what's going on with the Bros Thing Network before we wrap up. Be sure to check out the most recent episode of Run It Back. We reviewed Ma- Batman Mask of the Phantasm. There's a new Bros Who Think podcast out. Uh, Primetime is back. So if you're an LSU fan, Charles is talking all things LSU baseball. There's a new episode of Anime Talk out. But subscribe to the YouTube or subscribe to Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts at to get all of our amazing content. But remember, Run It Back is YouTube exclusive as of now. So be sure to go to YouTube and check out Run It Back, Batman Mask of the Phantasm. And you can follow the Bros Who Think on Twitter at Bros Who Think. Um... Also remember, well, my Twitter and Instagram is Asia Before Team, but also remember to check out Lyndon and mine's letterbox. I think yours right. is Lynn BWT. Yeah, mine's right? Lynn BWT. And Sorry. mine is Adam BWT. So you check out our letterboxes where we review some of the other stuff. One thing that um, I watched recently that we didn't talk about on here that I thought was pretty good was Synchronic. I, Lyndon, mm-hmm. did you ever get a chance to check that no, out? No, I'm still waiting. I'm going to watch that before the next pod, though. Um, so Anthony Mackie, I gave it three out of five stars. I thought it was pretty good. So last thing I reviewed was Woman on the Window, which I gave two stars to. Man. Fair. But all right, ladies and gentlemen, all right, Shuby, that's it, man. That's all we got this week, brother. All right. Well, um, I hope everyone out there has a great week and catches us next week. You can make sure you catch Loki. And if you haven't watched Mayor Beast Town, make sure you do. Uh, catch us next week for another Bros Who Binge. And as always, keep binging. Yeah.